Hey everyone, this is episode 124. Why is your voice so high? <laughs> I read that if you use a higher pitch, that people think you're more friendly. Okay. Because I'm not a friendly person. <laughs> it's true, he's not. He's an asshole. Uh, hey, but guys, this is episode 124 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Happy fucking New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2019. Hopefully, things are going well for you so far. I, I predict many of you are dealing with hangovers. Right? No, this would be two days after. This would be on the second. Right. So, hopefully, your hangovers have passed. Unless you're the type that just keeps drinking on New Year's Day. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. Fuck it. I think, like, my brother would do that. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, I mean, you know, real talk guys, this is December 30th when we're recording this, so we're not quite in the new year yet, so we're actually just uh, five days out from Christmas, so Taylor, how was your Christmas? It was good. Yeah? Yeah. What'd you get into? Presents. <laughs> like, I got yeah. into the presents, I opened them when I got in. I see, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you had two holidays, like, <clears throat> like I did. How how did those go? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just hanging out with family. And yeah. That, and that goes how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a uh, fairly uneventful, which is always a good thing sure. with my family. <laughs> <laughs> There's never like positive events. It's either uneventful or a disaster. <laughs> well, that's neat. How yeah. how the fake snowball go over? I, I feel like when the kids first opened them, they didn't really know what they were. And then the parents were like, Snowball fight! <laughs> and then it was like everyone just started throwing them at each other. <laughs> How many? I mean, I, I know you had like two big buckets of them. How many were there? There was 20 in each bucket. So okay. 40 total. So that's a good amount. Yeah. There was eight kids. So each kid got five. There you go. Fun. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you just did Christmas at home. Yep. Did absolutely nothing. Just hung out and watched Christmas movies all day. Nice. Yeah. There's a lot of running around for me on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It's like I, like I was explained before, you know, it's we do Christmas Eve with my wife's family. It's also my sister-in-law's birthday. Mm. So there's like like expectation that we like do a birthday and then Christmas. But we didn't do that so much this year because we didn't exchange gifts, which which was like the first time. Um, but you know, we had to drive all the way up to fucking Linwood and then, you know, drive back that night. Actually, we drove up there twice. Cause we went up there the night before too, to actually like celebrate her birthday with, uh, it was like, you know, us, her and her husband, and then their two cousins. Um, then we just kind of hung out and drank and, and partied. Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking party. Bro, then y'all got naked. No, that would have been weird. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> but I mean, Linwood is uh, almost an hour away from me. But we drove up there and back the night before, or on, on the twenty third. Then on the twenty fourth, we drove up there and back again. Then we got home. We fell asleep on the couch <laughs> until about four in the morning, and we woke up and we're like, "Oh, we gotta go to bed." 
<laughs> oh shit, we gotta do. We gotta put up like we still had to put stuff in each other's stockings. It's like oh fuck. <laughs> um, so we did that, and then yeah, just, we had Christmas at home, and then uh, went to my parents' house, which is fun. Um, like I like spending time with my family on Christmas, but it's just like there's so much running around. I would I I, I pine for the days where I could just stay in one place. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Anyway, being a grown up sucks. It, it does. Getting old ain't for sissies. That's what Jack Palance says. He he did say that. Um. What'd you get? Anything cool? Uh, I got tickets to a Blazers game, which we went to last night. Stayed the night in Portland. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean Portland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Let me see. What else? I got the thing. Uh, board game. Nice. Yeah. Need to play that. It's a minimum of four people, though, so... Mm. That's tough when you only have two people regularly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Got some more pops. Nice. Amazon gift card. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> and then you got a pretty sweet video, too. <laughs> yeah, I got a shout-out from Blake Vapes. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was what I wanted to get Taylor. I got I ordered Taylor like a, a personalized shout out from Blake Vapes, and uh, <clears throat> like the website I got it from says, yeah, yeah, he usually has a turnaround of about two three days. Like, all right, well, it's four days until I need it, so I should be good. Then you know we came on recording day, and she's like, oh well, I still don't have it, so gotta find something else. <laughs> and then it showed up the fucking day after. We recorded. Son of a bitch. I'm so pissed off. It's like if it would have been like another couple of days, I would have been less angry. Yeah. But, you know, that's how things go. I'm going to play it. What's up, Taylor fam? It's your boy, Blake Weber here. Just. <laughs> Such a long pull. Kill him a fucking game, fam. <laughs> Just wanted to wish you a fucking Merry Christmas and to go into 2019 believing in yourself and knowing that you got what it takes to stay fucking Charlie! <laughs> good luck with the Grave Plot podcast and without a cause, fam. You already know what's good, fam, so take what you know and apply pressure, dude. Hell yeah, fam. That's what's up. What's up, Taylor fam? It's no, no, just once. Like just once is fine. <laughs> This fucking class. <laughs> like when you when you order the video, you can put in like certain things, like say, hey, you know, talk about this. Men- you know, mention these things. Yeah, I assume he didn't know that I was the host of the Grave Plot podcast. No, or, no, he didn't or know. The, that. Or the ring announcer for Without a Cause. Ah, uh, but I said, uh, <laughs> I said, use of fam and big ass vape clouds are encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't need to tell him that. Oh, well, like I watched some of his other videos and he didn't really necessarily do that in all of them. So oh, really? So I wanted to make sure he did that. For- he does say fam a lot in that video. <laughs> he says fam like six times. Um, But anyway. Just killing the fucking game, dad. <laughs> I said give him some tips to how to kill the fucking game in 2019. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Merry Christmas. Day. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Um. <clears throat> So what do you, you do you have plans for New Year's Eve at all? No. Yeah. I think we're probably going to like go out to dinner early and then come home for midnight. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to go to my sister's um but 
a friend of ours asked us to come over to her place. So I think we're going to do that. Um, it's cause like, I, th- she invited us over for something else like a few months ago and we didn't go. I can't remember what it was. Which kind of, we didn't really blow her off. It's just like, uh, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah. We're going to do that. Bring in the new year there. Nice. But I mean, also, I wouldn't mind just staying at home because I'm getting to that age where sometimes I just want to stay home. Yeah, just just looking at flyers for New Year's Eve parties just makes me gives me a headache. <laughs> flyers? Yeah, I'm just like, oh, this looks so douchey. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to a party that has flyers, that's bad news. Like the only thing that should have flyers are like shows, or like the Grey Plot Film Fest. Sh- sure. Yeah. By the way, guys, have we mentioned the Grey Plot Film Fest? Nice segue. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Tickets are on sale now. Uh, we're going to start making our film announcements here on the 1st. So by the time you hear this, they'll be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hey, go go get your tickets. Who's that? Who's that talking? That's my mom. Hey, mom. She already got her ticket. Good for her. Come meet my mom at the Great Plot Film Fest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're cutting it down from over 300 entries. 315. Yeah, and uh, you know we're still trying to burn through the selections. Uh, I think most like we we're, we're in a place where we can go through and uh, if, if we're pressed on it, we can go through and actually just pick all the selections now. But we're trying to get as many because we're still trying to get as many of the judges judging as many films as possible. Yeah, it's just I mean it's it's been tough because you're trying to organize five people, six people, six people, six. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, did someone else? Yeah, um, trying to get all those you know people with you know day jobs and and family lives to manage to watch three hundred short films. It's not an easy task. I mean, even me, like, actually, that's not true. I have a lot of going, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I mean, the show, still trying to get that video completed, uh, working on the film festival stuff, and work. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. But, I mean, the holidays are over. Soon the judging, or like our our part in the judging element is going to be over very soon. And it's going to leave a lot of open time. So that's, that'll be nice. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So tickets, $12 in advance, 15 at the door, um, February 2nd. Greatplotfilmfest.com. Yeah. Neat. Anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, before we start with some horror business, maybe we should just uh, thank our Patreon patrons. Let's let's do that. Okay. okay. Let's do exactly that. So every month, uh, a handful of very special people like to give us their very special money so we can do very special things on the show with it, um, like send Christmas cards. Yeah. You send all those out? Those went out on Friday. <clears throat> nice. So you, uh, well, you you might have them today. Today being Wednesday, the second. You should you should probably get them today. If not, then you're gonna right on time. (laughs) Yeah, just you know, it's it's in that Christmas bubble sort of, (laughs) or maybe just outside of it. I think think the bubble pops on on January first, but it's close enough. Uh, that was another thing trying to 
trying to get organized, like get the, I mean, we had the pictures, we had a friend, uh, take photos for us. Um, but then organizing them into a card and, you know, getting that all squared away and then actually getting the cards printed and mailed out. That's all very time consuming. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, yeah. So if you are currently a patron, look forward to that. Uh, but those patrons are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, the horror addicts, Max Zaleski and Aaron Meyer. So thank you very much, guys. We appreciate uh, everything you do for the show every month. Um, and uh, I won't say that we couldn't do it without you because we could. You're not that special. But it's better to not. It's better to not, yeah. I mean, it, it's good to have money so that way you have it. Because then you have it. So you have it. Taylor, if anyone else would like to give us their hard-earned dollars... Where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for as little as $1. You can get exclusive content, including video reviews of movies that you select. The more money you get, the more perks you get, up to $100, which will get you a fat unicorn tattooed on my ass. I, I feel it, guys. I know someone out there is just itching to give us $100, so Taylor will get a <laughs> unicorn tattooed on his ass. I'm just, uh, I'm just hoping that day comes soon, guys. <laughs> 2019 is going to be our year. <laughs> uh, cool. So, um, I guess without any further ado, let's get into some horror business. To the horror business. <laughs> You like this beard? It's it's almost the Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. Yeah. When you, when you get your mustache out a little more, it'll be uh, more of a Bobby Fish. Yeah. <clears throat> Still working on it. It's like uh, you know, for as long as I did this with my mustache, I would have thought it would have some like some like muscle memory attached to it. <laughs> it didn't. I of course to, not. I have to like completely retrain it again. <laughs> and it's like shorter than it was, so it's it's even more of a pain in the ass because it just does not want to go where I tell it. Neither does, neither, does, neither does my beard, and it's driving me nuts. Because I think I've explained before, my my hair grows sideways, like it grows that way. Weird. <laughs> yeah, and so like this side, like I can kind of comb it down and get it to go the direction I want now that it's long enough. But it like kind of puffs out. Because Mine goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so like it curls, like it literally oh, curls. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine's kind of doing that right here. Like, it's growing. I feel like if I grew it out, I would have fucking ringlets in my beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like I've got like a cowlick here and a cowlick here, which is pretty pretty normal for a lot of guys, I think. But the problem is this cowlick goes whoop, and so the <laughs> hair just like sticks out. And this one goes, and so all the hair goes in. So it's like I got to find like a happy medium to where I can kind of brush the hair into a relatively same direction. <laughs> It's just, it's a, it's a struggle. It's, the struggle is real. Yeah. My life is hard. <laughs> but I'm on month two. Uh, it's been four days into month two, I think. Yeah, something like that. It's like day 63 or something. So I guess I would be 30 or two days or two months and three days. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to grow it until spring. Just kind of see where it goes. All right. It should be fun. Yeah. 
Follow me on. Yeah, go, I was going to say, go follow Tony on Instagram if you want to see close ups of his face every day. Every day, guys. Every goddamn day. I made a, uh, a face morph video. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Was it creepy? It was. <laughs> yeah, it's actually. Because, like, you'd be like smiling, grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> looking to the side, looking to the other side, and my face would just like melt into the next picture. <laughs> that was challenging. It took me like half an hour to make that fucking really? thing. Well, it's like because I didn't save any pictures because they were just obviously taking up too much fucking room on my phone. So I deleted all of them, but then I pulled them all off of Instagram. But you know, all you can do is screenshot an Instagram picture. So I had to go through and trim them so they were just pictures. Uh, and then I had to like put the um uh b- 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 put the pictures in the video timeline and then it has a uh, um like face mapping points that you have to match to each picture and so it was very time consuming and it wasn't worth it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then like so it was like 3 minutes long and then i I'm like okay that's too too fucking long nobody's going to watch this for 3 minutes so I trimmed it in half because that was all they could do was two times in iMovie. So I trimmed it down to a minute and a half and I kept trying to upload it and I couldn't figure out what the hell's going on. Um, and then I forget what happened, but something like, like I, I, something triggered and I saw a little message that says, keep your videos under one minute. So bitch. So I had to, I reloaded the sped up version back into iMovie and sped it up again. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, Instagram, GPP Skeletoni. That's me. And I post pictures of my face all the time. It's true. He does. I've seen it. I had to unfollow him. <laughs> Did you really? No. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> I keep like getting followers and then losing them. Most of my new followers are like, um, like people that sell like beard products. Oh yeah. <laughs> but whatever. That, that happens with hashtags. And like gay guys. <laughs> apparently i'm putting off some kind of vibe <laughs> it's like just because i have a beard doesn't mean i'm like some bear <laughs> although with the shaved head and the big beard i i can i can see the confusion sure yeah <laughs> anyway anyways this is the business. great plot beard cast <laughs> we should start a beard podcast <laughs> uh my wife and what would that be <laughs> Talk about how manly it is to have a beard. Just me, you, and Max. Yeah. Just bearding it up. There you go. Oh, man. I saw Matt the other, like a couple weeks ago. Dead Matt? Yeah. His mustache is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so jealous of it. (laughs) It was kind of like, I mean, he's he's always had kind of like that Van Dyke type mustache, Mm -hmm. but it's so long now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like this, and it curls out like that much. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Anyway, so horror business, guys. Now that we're back on track, mostly. Um, so we're going to talk about everyone's favorite hashtag, Florida Man. <laughs> always, um, always Florida Man. Interesting thing about this one, not a white guy. Is that interesting? It's, it just seems like it's always a white guy. I suppose. It's, it's always a white man in Florida. Yeah. No, this one was a black man. Not that it necessarily matters, it's just an interesting fact. Um, but he burned down his house. That's sad. That's sad. Why would you burn down your house, Taylor? I don't know. Why would you? Well, I can only think of one reason. Vampires. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, when you got vampires in your house, you have to burn the place down. It's kind of like a roach infestation. You can't get them out. The only way is to destroy the house. I, I think you got to, like, put a stake through their heart. The vampires, not the roaches. Right. <laughs> it would be a very tiny little stake. It's like a toothpick. Yeah. Um, but on uh, a given Sunday morning. <laughs> well, one week from today when we're recording. So, so probably two Sundays ago. <clears throat> Melvin Weaver's wife called the police because Weaver was acting erratic and began to get worse. So she called 911 to Baker act him. Is that like 5150? I, th- I think. I'm not. Uh, Where you're like a danger to yourself and others. L- look it up. I'll look it up. You you keep talking. First, first thing that comes up, Florida Mental Health Act. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> because Florida man. <laughs> um. Okay, so it allows the involuntary institu- institutionalization and examination of an individual. Uh, the Baker Act allows for involuntary examination, what some call emergency or involuntary commitment. It can be initiated by judges, law enforcement officials, physicians, or mental health professionals. There must be evidence that the person, A, possibly has a mental illness, and B, is in danger of becoming a harm to self, others, or is self-neglectful. Okay, so yeah, fifty one fifty then. <clears throat> More or less, yeah. <clears throat> Damn. How oh, that cold is still just like it's hanging on, you know? Mm. Um anyway. Uh so yeah, when when the cops got to the house, uh Weaver seemed to uh put on a face where he was acting normal. It, it's weird how people can be like people with mental issues can be cognizant enough to say, Hey, I need to act the way they want me to act. Yeah. Um but yeah, he said he was in sound. Uh, he was of sound mind and could not be Baker acted. Doesn't seem like that should be a verb. Oh, it doesn't seem like a thing. No. <laughs> um, later that day, Weaver ran out into the. Are sh- you ready, Weaver? <laughs> <laughs> he ran out into the street screaming, "The vampires are going to defend themselves!" So still very in sound mind. Sure. I mean. As you do, you you do that. I mean, we all know the vampire is going to defend themselves. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Yeah, what are they going to do? Just roll over and die <laughs> again? Um, when Weaver's wife went to check on him, he grabbed a wooden cane and swung it at her, hitting her in the forearm. That's not how you kill vampires. We don't. No. He should have snapped it over his knee and stabbed her in the heart. Right. That's what you do with vampires. Haven't uh, they seen Buffy? Um, when Weaver's wife went to check on it, oh wait, I already read that. Uh, she told the officers that eventually arrived that Weaver started to break windows in the house. So she went to her room to pack clothes to leave for the night. When she came out of the room, she yelled at Weaver. You're crazy. You're crazy. (laughs) Uh, according to the police report, when Weaver heard her, he began to tear the insulation from the ceiling. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So still very in sound mind. He then placed the insulation from the ceiling on the stove and turned it on. Weaver grabbed a large kitchen knife and ran out the front door down the street. <laughs> oh, Florida. You so crazy. Vampires are out of control, man. I mean, when you got vampires in your house, your your options are you limited. Just burn that bitch down. Burn it down. <laughs> Hashtag Florida man, burn it down. <laughs> Hashtag Florida man. Hashtag burn it down. (laughs) 
So, so what do you think, Taylor? Uh, I, like I said, I think vampires are out of control. We got to do something about these vampires. Something must be done about these goddamn vampires. You know what we need to do? Burn it down. <laughs> I was going to say build a wall. Oh. <laughs> we got to build a wall around, around Florida. Florida. <laughs> you know, I could get behind that. <laughs> yeah. Florida is just a... Let's problem. set up a GoFundMe. Okay. Maybe we can raise like fourteen million or fifteen million yeah, sure. in a couple of days. I'm glad that so many people are like of the same mind as I am with that. Um, where it's just like you know there are numerous charities out there that are literally trying or they're they're literally begging for money to like cure diseases or stop like childhood homelessness um, or give Flint drinking water. Yeah. Um, but no, people are giving their hard-earned dollars uh, to build a wall that's never going to happen. Actually, yep. I can't say never because weirder things have happened and continue to happen because Trump. <sighs> um, but I mean, the government shut down, so we can fucking purge. We could purge. We, we could purge. We should purge. Uh, I don't know. Why didn't we purge last week when 911 was down? That was the perfect time to fucking purge. That would have been good. Should we just purge DC, maybe? You should be like, call the cops, bitch. <laughs> they ain't coming. <laughs> um, anyway. I wonder if they had, like, voicemails. <laughs> and, like, I've called, um, like, non-emergency lines before and gotten, like, oh, well, our office hours are such and such time. It's like... I know it's not an emergency, but still, like, yeah. come on. It's like, I need this taken care of. Um, anyway, Florida. Yeah, I really think we should build a wall around Florida. Yeah, or just do like in that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he just saws, saws Florida off. Because yeah. <laughs> they're just a problem. Yeah. They, they've, they've continually been a problem for decades now. They've Although they have given us endless amounts of real world horror. It's true. So just like when I'm looking for real world horror, I have like several sites I go to, and one of them is Reddit r slash Florida Man. <laughs> I go to r slash Not the Onion and r slash Florida Man all the time. Nice. <laughs> um, cool. Florida, burn it down. All those. <laughs> you know that the thing I hate most about uh, Florida is all, all these goddamn, goddamn vampires. vampires. All right, so terrible news, everyone. Uh, apparently, the Nightmare on Elm Street re-remake is still a go. Oh, God. Uh, according to the screenwriter, quote, it's still happening. That's that's the quote. <laughs> I, I just wish... I wish the hurting would stop. Uh, this was from, like I said, writer David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. In an interview with GameSpot, of all outlets. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, he went on to say, nothing is percolating just yet. The Conjuring universe is sort of first and foremost on New Line's horror burner. So they only want to do one thing right now. New Line, who has been like kind of like uh, Paramount's 
horror brand. It's the fucking house that Freddie built. Yeah, they want to do one thing. They only they only want to do Conjuring movies. Like, just change your name at this point to the house that James Wan built. Pretty much. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is now. Well, I mean, every fucking Conjuring movie spawns like eight spinoffs. It's like here's this. This is the chair from the Conjuring. It's the chair. James Wan's the chair. <laughs> What does the chair do? Is it, like, is it like creepy or haunted? No, but just look at it. It's from the house in the country. Maybe it's haunted. Who knows? <laughs> You'll have to watch the movie and see. It's not. It's just wow. two hours of a chair. Yeah. It's like, can we sit in the chair? No, no. Never sit in the chair. No, it might be haunted, so don't. <laughs> but you don't know that it's haunted. I don't know that it's not. We've never been brave. <laughs> Fucking Patrick Wilson is in it. Naked for some reason. <laughs> Hanging dog. Because he always seems to manage to show his ass and everything, <laughs> seems like. Uh, Leslie Johnson McGoldrick goes on. That's a, that's a hell of a name. Um, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Yeah. He, he goes on to say, everybody wants to see Freddy again, I think. So I think it's inevitable at some point. Who is he talking to? Or about. <laughs> well, uh, I should say, who has he been talking to? Oh, yeah. Because I don't know anybody that wants to see any new Freddy movies. At least not what they're... Yeah, I mean, maybe if it's Robert England. Even, like, I don't want to see Robert England do it anymore. Because he's just so old. He's just old. He's old, old balls. Just old. <laughs> just old. Just look at him. He's so old. I mean... I don't want to see him do it anymore. He doesn't want to do it anymore. Uh, I mean, the last he said was, oh, maybe I've got one more in me. Which After means he did I'm, that cameo on the Goldbergs. Right. Which means, like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Which means, write me a check. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how well, big is the number? Yeah, I guess it basically means, I'll do anything for money. Yeah. I like money. I think we knew that about Robert England already. <laughs> Have you seen some of the shit he's been in? It's so bad. Uh, I mean, he's, yeah, he's done a lot of shit, but have you seen Fear Clinic? No. Holy Christ, it's bad. (laughs) Uh, but I think when you cast, uh, Corey Taylor Mm. in a movie, you're going down the wrong road. Yeah, you're asking for trouble there. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, I guess he doesn't say it specifically, but, uh, they what they were talking about was another remake, right? Because we're not talking about a Halloween style reboot of the franchise with the you know that's continuing the old franchise. This is we're talking a new Freddy, new backstory, new everything, right? Because that worked out so well the first time, yeah. I so mean, well that we're doing it again. I feel like the only thing that this could possibly have going for it is maybe uh, this. Johnson McGoldrick guy um, being like more passionate about creating a film that's closer to the original because you remember uh, Samuel Bayer who he was not interested in staying true to the to the the series at all he wanted to make his own movie and was not interested in doing any kind of fan service which was ultimately his demise yeah, but then he ultimately did fan service anyways, and then he talked shit about all the fans. Yeah. He's a fucker. He hasn't directed shit since, so. 
So this Johnson McGoldrick, uh, he wrote The Conjuring 2. Eh. Uh, he wrote a bunch of episodes of The Walking Dead. Eh. Uh, he wrote The Conjuring 3. Eh. He wrote Aquaman. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's writing a remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, that's not going to be good either, I bet. He also wrote The Orphan. Man, these are not good. He's written a lot of bad movies. Wrath of the Titans? Oh, God. That was awful. As David Leslie Johnson. Did he get married and like take on his partner's name? Or I, I don't why know. Why is he all of a sudden McGoldrick as well? I don't know. I, uh, I have a teacher, or I had a teacher in high school who took his wife's name. Or like they, they both hyphenated their names. See, I have a theory that when you get married, you should combine your names. Yeah? Yeah. Just make a new name, new legacy. But what if they come up with really bad names? Marry someone else. (laughs) That's how you decide love, guys. (laughs) Fuck who you're compatible with. I'm going to make a new dating service that combines your your last name with someone. And if you like the combination, that's the person you're supposed to spend your life with. Yep. If you don't, well, then just either deal with it or... Or fuck like you. How superficial you want to be. That's what it's all about. <laughs> anyway, um, I think the moral of the story is, guys. Don't nobody want to see that. No. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. All right, so Patrick Bryce, who may be a familiar name to some of you, uh, as he directed and co-wrote both of the Creep movies. Love the Creep movies. So good. So good. So good. Um, But uh, he's been working on a comedy that has elements of horror and cannibalism. And cannibalism, okay. So there you go. Uh, It's going to be called Corporate Animals, and the general gist is a corporate retreat that goes dangerously wrong. Uh, it stars Ed Helms. Love it. Yeah, uh, Jessica Williams. Don't know who that is. Uh, apparently, she was in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, so she uh, knows it then. Uh, and the incredible Jessica James. I don't know what that is. So she's familiar with playing characters named Jessica. And even Demi Moore. Her, her name is Jessica. <laughs> and, and Demi Moore. It's kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he can only play roles with, with the character's name was Jack. Did we ever solve John. The, solve the Demi Demi? Did was that a thing? I've never seen a semi tractor trailer. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, let's see, okay. Um, the plot: Disaster <laughs> strikes when the egotistical CEO of an edible cutlery edible cutlery company. What? Interesting. Leads her long suffering staff on a corporate team building trip in New Mexico. Ew. Trapped underground, this mismatched and disgruntled group must pull together to survive. I'm into it. I mean, yeah, I guess. That that didn't say much. (laughs) No, but I mean, Ed Helms is great. Sure. Sometimes. He he can become a bit much. That's true. Like when he was the Nard Dog and you just wanted to punch him in his face. 
he was fine until they made him the boss. It was no good. That that got dumb. Like that last season was yeah. so bad. Yeah. I don't think I even watched anything but like the last couple episodes just because like they brought everyone back, including Michael. Yeah. That was good. That was touching. <laughs> also, I love Florida Stanley. Florida Stanley is the best Stanley. It's the only good thing about Florida. <laughs> right. Like uh, in the last episode, Michael's like, it's it's like watching your children grow up and you send them off in the world and they, they marry each other. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious about this edible cutlery company. That's that's what's intriguing me. You know, it's not real, right? <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> how do you make edible cutlery? Like you just you chop it and you just eat it. But why? <laughs> so you don't have to do dishes. I mean, I guess, but that puts the burden on you to have to eat your cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to do the dishes, but I'm so full. <laughs> Unless they made it out of like uh. Like rock candy or uh, like gingerbread. Yeah, like what would be hard enough that you could use it as cutlery, but then eat it? Like I said, maybe rock candy, but like you're not cutting anything hard with that. No. Like you can you could cut like uh, like maybe meats. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe meats. <laughs> a certain selection of meats. Yeah. yeah. And you're not going to get a, like a good sharp cut on like a, like a tomato. No. You can't, just, you, you can't sharpen it enough. And you can't really like bite down on, on rock candy. You got to kind of suck on it for a while. Yeah, you and if you suck on it and you're going to cut your inside of your mouth. Yeah. Because it's a, it seems it's, like a terrible idea. It seems like a terrible idea. It's a bad idea. <laughs> We've punched holes into this <laughs> company. Maybe this is why the company's suffering. Probably. <laughs> because it's a bad it's idea. It's a terrible idea. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I'm into it. Uh, Patrick Bryce, uh, like, like the creep, creep movies are awesome. So I'm, I'm willing to give him a shot in this. Um, and like, yeah, Ed Helms is enjoyable for the most part. Um, uh, and you know, Demi Moore, sure. She's usually pretty good in things. She's, she's, she's decent enough. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She was funny at the roast of Bruce Willis. I didn't watch it. That's pretty funny. It was good. Yeah. Except at the end, Bruce Willis is like, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. There, I solved it. And I'm like, no, you didn't. It is a fucking Christmas movie, idiot. The fucking writer said it was a Christmas movie. It's a goddamn Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas. It's not fucking rocket surgery. Well, even if it doesn't, I mean, like, just aside from the fact it takes place at Christmas, it's like got Christmas elements in it. Man is trying to get home to his family for Christmas. Yeah. And in his way is a gang of terrorists. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Christmas. Yeah. I made the argument that Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. I think it's even more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. Sure. Because the entire plot is wrapped up in Christmas. That's true. So there you go. But then uh, one of our dickhead friends was like, well, uh, I guess every movie that has Christmas in its plot should uh, be a Christmas movie. Like, Yeah, maybe it should. Shut up, Jensen. <laughs> Nobody likes you anyway. <laughs> Cool. So, uh, does this have a name? Um, corporate Animals. Corporate Animals, yeah. Look for it. It's going to Sundance, so hopefully somebody picks it up. Yeah. Psycho Killer. Psycho 
So, uh, originally on the BBC, but then season two was on Netflix. Now season three, right? Uh, no, Slasher was a Canadian show. It was on CBC? I think it was a CBC, yeah. Okay. <laughs> BBC. <laughs> Big Black Cox. Uh, okay, so CBC. Then it moved over to Netflix for season two. Netflix is now going to keep Slasher alive with season three. Uh, it's called C- uh, Slasher colon the Druid. Druid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, set over a 24-hour period on the longest day of the year, the show follows a serial killer seeking revenge on witnesses to a murder in an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What do you think about that premise there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, killer seeking revenge on witnesses to a murder in an apartment complex. So does it take place in an apartment complex or was the murder in an apartment complex? I was kind of wondering the same thing. It's, that could be taken two different ways. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Like, but, you know, I, I, I see apartment complex and I think of like, uh, um, blood rage. Oh where, yeah. Where the guy just went from apartment to apartment. Wasn't that a motel people. though? No, it was, it was an apartment building. Oh, it looked like a motel. It was, I think it was actually a college campus. Really? Where they filmed it, yeah. Weird. I think that's what Joe Bob said. He would know. He would know. <laughs> he seems to know everything. Uh, yeah, do all the witnesses live in the same apartment complex? I mean, I guess. So maybe the murder takes place in the apartment complex. And now and, he's back and now he's to the back. scene of the crime. Yeah. I say don't do that. No, they shouldn't do that. But like they say, all murderers do. That's true. Because they dumb. They're super dumb. That's how people get caught. Yeah. By doing what's expected. Doing what's dumb. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it sounds like to me. Is I'm just like picturing, yeah, like you said, picturing him going like from apartment to apartment. Just... <laughs> Hello. Stab. <laughs> See, people need, people need watchdogs, guard dogs. Go see Lynn. Dexter barks at doorbells on TV. She used to do that. She doesn't do it anymore, though. But the thing about it is our doorbell, uh, it, like, plays a tune. Not my choice. It was just there when we moved in. Um, but, like, all the doorbells that he would have heard in his life don't sound like regular doorbells. Well, she used to do it, and we have never had a doorbell. I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. I mean, well, I mean, sh- she was old enough when you got her that she could possibly hurt. That's true. We got Dexter when he was a puppy. And so it's like he would have no recollection of what a doorbell sounds like. Yeah. And yet he barks at ones on TV that sound nothing like our doorbell. <laughs> but he'll still go barking his head off and sitting in front of the door. Idiot. Anyways, uh, so every episode this season is going to be directed by Adam McDonald, who is the director her. Director, director, of Pie Wacket and Backcountry. Uh, it's going to be written by Aaron Martin, who has written every episode so far. He's the creator of the show, and he is also the executive producer. Well, how about that? I've seen a lot of people really excited about this Adam McDonald, and they said, like, if he's directing every episode, they're, they're in. So, I feel like I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about Pie Wacket. Same. Like, people that just, like, really don't like it. Yeah. But then, then other people who are like just rave about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's not a lot of middle ground, which gives me pause. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I liked season one and two. I liked season one better than two. Mainly because I knew who the killer was in two, like, halfway through the season. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that always just kind of ruins things, you know. Sure, yeah. Especially in a series like this, where like the whole point is kind of a whodunit. Yeah. Um. Cool. So that's exciting. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, if you're into slasher, uh, we don't have a date yet, but uh, they did say "see you at the solstice" on their Twitter account, and you know it says that this takes place on the longest day of the year. So the summer solstice is, I believe, in June. That sounds right. So, possibly could be then. That would make sense. Yep. On account of that's when the solstice is. Yep. But they didn't say, like, coming on the solstice. They just said, see you on the solstice, which could have just been, like, a reference to the plot. What if it's the winter solstice? No, that would be the shortest day. Never mind. Idiot. I'm stupid. I'm going to jump off the building now. So, yeah, go uh, go check out their Twitter or whatever. Or don't. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> what am I, cop? <laughs> So, Taylor. Yes, sir. You remember when you saw Covenant? Uh, Alien Covenant? Alien Covenant. Yeah. And you're like, uh, man, I really want to see another Alien movie. I mean... Not really. Yeah, because it didn't happen. <laughs> like, you, you probably never said those words. I think a lot of people did. I mean, I remember our review of Alien Covenant when I was like, I like this movie better when it was called Alien. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, let's see, the Alien Anthology Instagram uh, promised that the Alien franchise... I, I just said Alien. Alien? <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. Uh, they promised that the Alien franchise will be expanding in 2019. Oh, good. An appropriate year for expansion since it marks the 40th anniversary of the original film. I cannot believe that that's 40 years old. I know. That's insane. But I mean, so is Halloween, I guess. That's true. 40 years old. Older than both of us. Um, and we're old. We are old. Our old balls. <laughs> um, along with that, they offered a tease of the expansion in the form of a six-part dossier exposing the secret history of Whalen yutani which, of course, is the sinister overlord corporation that seems to run fucking everything in the universe in the Alien franchise. Yep. Um, posting six images accompanied by the captions that tell a story of Whaling Utani conducting horrific experiments with xenomorphs. Uh, earlier this year, Fox announced that six filmmakers have been selected to create short films set in the alien universe. Uh, there was a rumor that an alien series may be in development and an unnamed streaming service, but that has never been substantiated. Uh, Fox has trademarked the title Alien Blackout for a video game. Next month, Dark Horse Comics will be publishing a new series titled Alien Resistance, which will feature Amanda Ripley, the daughter of the film series heroine Ellen Ripley, and the lead character in the 2014 video game Alien Isolation. 
So there's very little talk about anything having to do with this expansion. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot to do with this expansion. It's expanding in all kinds of different ways. But they've already made video games and comic books. That's not an expansion. That's just a, a continuance of things they were already doing. Well, they're expanding the franchise. That could be a new movie or... I'm thinking it's whatever the six short films is because it's, you know, they it's a six-part dossier. Mm-hmm. And now this is... They announced six filmmakers. Six plus six. I don't know. 24. Or six plus six is 12. 20, 24 is nothing. There's no way you can combine six and six and get 24. What am I thinking of? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at math. Apparently. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I wonder how this is going to play out, though, because as far as I know, the whole Fox-Disney merger is still ongoing. So, oh, is that not done yet? I don't think so. Mm. I can't even imagine the Alien franchise in the hands of Disney. Mm. That'd be weird. It would be weird. It gives me. It gives me concern. It gives, gives you feelings. <laughs> gives me feelings that I don't understand. <laughs> um, whatever the Alien mythology Instagram account is starting to hype, uh, it's seems to have something to do with the Amanda Ripley character because her name is hashtagged in some of the dossier posts. So, there's that. My question is, who cares? <laughs> I certainly don't because I'm really just fucking done with the Alien franchise. Like, it's every, 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 everything, 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 everything wants to be a fucking cinematic universe now. Yeah. And like, it seems like once one thing fails, they're like, all right, well, what's the next thing? Let's just go down the list. Yeah. Oh, Ghostbusters didn't work. All right. Hey, fuck it. Alien. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if I've said this to you or on the show or maybe it was somebody else. I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but that's why independent feel independent films either can't get made or just tragically fail. Um, because uh, studios want franchise movies. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. They want movies that they can get sequels and expansions out of. Uh, take James, the James Wan's shitty movies. Um, that's like fucking like the chair, like like the chair. Yeah, I mean, it's are like, you ready for the spinoff to the chair, the pillow, <laughs> the the throw pillow? <laughs> uh, that's the spinoff to the pillow. <laughs> um, but uh. Yeah, it, the the filmmaker. I guess that's another reason why filmmakers themselves just don't want to get involved in the business, or they lose their ambition, um, or you know these, or the really ambitious ones don't get noticed because they're not necessarily going out to start a franchise. It's like, hey, I've got this really solid idea that I think would make a really great film. It's like, hmm, can we make a sequel out of it? Well, no, everyone's dead in the end. Huh. Well, okay. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> so, I mean, we all know that we could see that big uh, that big puppet killer cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I don't know if we're ever going to see one fucking movie out of that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I know it happened, but I, I kind of thought everything was resolved, and, but there's still no movie. Yeah. Trailer came out, what, a year ago? 
something like that. Although, I mean, just watching what's going on with their reach, it's becoming... I'm getting more and more knowledge of how the industry works. Sure, yeah. Um, that was the thing at Christmas. Everyone's like, so when's the movie come out? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. People, like, well, I was promised a t-shirt. I'm like, oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me. It's like, my part's done. Um, although you had to go and do some ADR recently. I had to, yeah, I had to do some voiceover. I didn't, oh, voiceover. I, it wasn't actually ADR. I, it was just a voiceover. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Like recounting uh, the, the flashback or something? It was just an, an extra line that Silas wanted added. Apparently, they, like, they did a very small test screening and so that they had input and mm. so they wanted to add in some more stuff. Got it. Fun. Yeah. Um, if you want to see the new trailer for They Reach, come to the Grave Plot Film Fest, yeah. February 2nd. Advanced tickets, $12. <laughs> Get yours today. Graveplotfilmfest.com. Um, but yeah, so I think everyone is just getting kind of burned out on the universes, except the stupid people. The stupid people are still eating it up. Yeah. And that's why like James Wan movies can still get made. Yeah. Because people are dumb. Yeah. And so are studios. Studios are dumb. Or, I don't know. Are they dumb or are they really fucking smart? I think they're really fucking smart for the most part because they know what dumb people want. Yeah. Of course, that's not really a challenge. Dumb people are like, shut up and take my money. And they're like, okay. Yeah. It's like, here's another piece of recycled garbage tenuously based on a movie you already liked for whatever reason. (laughs) And then when people go online and they're like, here's everything that's wrong with this. Here's why it's not like the comic book. And studios go, I don't know. You better go watch it again. (laughs) And they're like, fine, I will. I will. You watch me. And then the director's like, oh, no, you got to see the director's cut. Because that was my real vision. Yeah, you got to see the Blu-ray. And then it's just like... Special edition. Yeah. That comes into the metal box. And it's like five extra minutes of footage. And it's $85. (laughs) That's why I love these unrated versions where it's like five to ten extra minutes of footage that should have just been left on the cutting room floor yeah it's like you watch it and you go oh yeah i see why they cut that yeah it's dumb (laughs) i I added nothing (laughs) it's just like a scene of peter parker eating cereal or something you're like what (laughs) yeah that's stupid i don't see why they cut that out why did they even film that well it's like you know i think involvement in they reach um talking to filmmakers doing this show becoming more knowledgeable about the industry over the years it's like i know why movies get cut up and why they cut out certain things to get a certain rating. It's like, you know, there's a very thin line between the PG-13 and an R rating where it's just like you cut out one scene of blood and that can knock you get knock you down to a PG-13 rating. Yeah. And so it's like these unrated versions are basically just the R-rated version. <laughs> it's like it's the version that they wanted to make but want before they needed to get the PG-13 rating. More or less, yeah. So, I don't know. This industry is so fucking rigged. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a giant con. But it's fun, and we well, love it. <laughs> keep me making movies, please, <laughs> so we can continue to talk shit about them. I think, I think that's a good segue, isn't it? To our movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're one story short for horror business this, uh, this episode, but um, that's fine. Deal with it. Yep. So, yeah, like Taylor said, let's go ahead and do some reviews. (laughs) 
Before we get into the film reviews, I remember there was one thing I want to talk about. Did you watch this uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch? I have not, but I want to. I watched it the other day. It's uh, interesting. It's not super horror-driven. It's just kind of creepy. But it's it's re- the concept is very interesting. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you know the general premise of it, right? It's uh, Well, I know that it's like about a coder or something, and I know that it's like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so many different paths that you can get led down. I think my... My wife, because she likes to spoil things, <laughs> she started reading about it, and um, apparently there are like I can't remember if she said three or five different like final endings that you can get to. I know there's five hours worth of material, right? Um, and uh, I don't know. I must have fucked around with this thing for close to two hours. I think uh, just jumping down different holes, and it's it's weird because like. Like you, you go down a certain path and you kind of pick up speed and then you might like hit a point where you just like end the story. And so it like gives you a chance to jump back to a previous point in the story, but it doesn't give you the same choices. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so it completely like, like you're left wondering like what that other path would have been, but it, it it's really uh, incorporated into the story because the whole theme of the story itself is like, yeah, he's this coder who's, who's writing. It takes place in the eighties, like uh, 1984, I think. Um, And he's writing like a computer game based on a um, choose your own adventure book. But the book itself was written by this guy who got so engrossed into the writing and the depth of the narrative in the book that he lost his mind. And he like, he, he thought he, he, started getting really um, uh, existential and thinking it's like, well, I mean, like, do, are our choices really our own or is there somebody controlling us? Because, you know, we have the illusion of freedom of choice. It's like, okay, well, yeah, do I take path one or do I take path two? And it's like, you know, I believe it's my choice to take what, which path I want to take. But it's like, are those choices themselves limited? Like, is somebody saying, I can only go down path one or path two? It's like, maybe there's a path three that I don't know about. And so he started just, like, getting really into this shit. And, like, he just went crazy and, like, killed his wife. And But the book was, like, a bestseller. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so he's making a game based on this book. um, And he slowly starts to kind of lose his own mind. And, like, Will Poulter's in it. I knew that, yeah. And I didn't know he's British. Did you? Yeah. I, I had no idea. Um but he's like this other gamer or like the other game coder who's like, uh, he's kind of like looped into it. Like he already understands. It's like, like we have the illusion of choice in life. Like we think that our choices are our own, but they're really not. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it starts getting really weird. And like, you jump to like different, like, like you said, you can, you can jump back to different points in the story, but like, it'll take you like down different paths and it starts getting kind of like, the story itself gets kind of existential and a little self-referential um, meta, if you will. <laughs> um, I know that hurt you to say. It did. I hate it. Um, anyway, yeah, it's 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 definitely like I'd said. Make sure you have at least a couple hours to set aside 
because once you get started, like you you don't really want to stop. You want to get to the end. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so make sure you have some time to commit to it. But it's it's really interesting. It's it's, huh. it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I I want to for sure. Uh, anyway, so all right, uh, now to our film reviews. Uh, as promised in last episode, uh, we are starting off the new year with our salute to the Tales from the Crypt movies. I wonder if people listening at home know what we're doing. Like they have to know we're doing the tool time salute, right? <laughs> I have to, I have to hope because we are taking the time to stop talking <laughs> and getting like a solid like two, three seconds of silence so we can salute. Um anyway. But uh yeah, so Tales from the Crypt was all obviously a long running uh T V show on, on HBO. Attempted to be rebooted on TNT even that by M. Night Shamalama. Yeah. And then that went tits up. Yeah, they blamed it on rights issues. Which I can partially believe. Yeah, it was something about the one person owned the puppet and one person owned the name and Yeah, well, and I know the puppet, like the the, the look of the Crypt Keeper himself <laughs> belongs to HBO or Viacom or whoever owns Vi- uh, HBO now. Shineheart Wig Company, I believe. <laughs> um so but it seemed to me like they weren't really planning to use that imagery anyway. They were going to do like a completely different Crypt Keeper. Yeah. But was uh, that because they couldn't get the rights or be just because they just wanted to? Maybe a mixture of both because yeah. the original Crypt Keeper was just an old man. Which yeah, in the cool. comics, there was no, no Crypt Keeper as we saw him in the show. Right. Um, anyway... But uh, so they they made two movies. Was it just the two? Or was no, there, three. What was the third one? Um, I don't remember what the third one was. Uh, it was rivalry or something? Fuck, I don't remember. Neat. Uh, anyway, but two movies that most people know about. Ritual. Ritual. I knew it started with an R. I can't think of that. Anyway, doesn't matter. We're not talking about that one. Yep. Uh, two movies we are talking about is Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight and Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. Um, usually I, I give you the choice to pick, but I think since they're kind of tied together tenuously, we should probably start with Demon Knight. I was going to say let's go chronological. So even if you gave me the option, I was going to say the same thing. So fair enough. All right. So let's talk about Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Universal Pictures is proud to present the motion picture directing debut of one of America's most talented and respected artists. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! Oh, hello, kitties. So glad you could join me. Your pal, the Crypt Keeper, has gone Hollywood in a big way. I'm directing my first feature film. Care for a little shriek preview? For my big screen premiere, I wanted lots of suspense. Special effects. Sex. Violence. The kind of thing you could really sink your teeth into. Frights! Camera! Action! It's about a chase through the ages. A race against time. Demon. I'm not gonna hurt you. 
alive. It's Taz, Billy Zane from Dead Calm, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, and Jada Pinkett from Menace to Society. Ooh, I love those titles. And you'll love Demon Knight. The demons are here! And ladies, if you think Demon Knight is too gross and yucky... Whoa! Thank you! <laughs> Not to be confused with Demon Knights or Damon Knight. Right. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. So, Demon Knight is a movie directed by Ernest Dickens, or Dickerson, um, written by Mark Bishop, Ethan Reif, and Cyrus Boris. Don't know who any of those people are. Um, but uh, it stars William Sadler, Jada Pinkett, beautiful Billy Zane. Dude, they might have might as well have just called this movie "House Fucking Smooth" as Billy Zane, though. He's so fucking slick. Like that's that they, that's that should be the full title. He's a Tales de- from the Crypt presents "How Fucking Smooth Is Billy Zane," though. <laughs> you know, even with a shaved head, he's just so gorgeous. He's a beautiful man. Dude, his eyebrows are fucking perfect. Right. So are his eyes. He's got like the ultimate fuck me eyes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm jealous of his eyes. <laughs> And a little turned on, if I'm being honest. <laughs> he gives you feelings. <laughs> he gives me feelings that I don't fully understand. <laughs> but so, okay, so the movie opens up. We get the typical Tales from the Crypt intro, you know, a, a wandering through the haunted. Uh, did you mention CCH Pounder? I, I didn't. But, did, uh, did you mention THC? No, I was going to get there, man. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited about fucking Lowell being in it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it opens up, you know, we, we, you know, obviously make travel through the haunted mansion and then down into the basement and then we the old Danny Elfman theme and then fucking Crypt Keeper pops up <laughs> and we're like, oh, there's a Crypt Keeper. <laughs> um, friend of the show, John Kassir, of course, doing the voice. Right. Um, so from there we go to. Uh, this woman laying on her bed in her in her negligee. Is, it, is that is that the right word, or is that more like a like like a teddy or something? I think negligee is appropriate. Okay, I mean it's underwear. Yeah, I don't know if that if that applies. It's not sexualized per se. It's more of a sleeping gown. Sure. Well, that's not, that's not what she's wearing. She's wearing undies. A bra, a bra and panties. <laughs> okay, then she's wearing a bra and panties. She's not wearing a negligee at all. <laughs> Let's talk more about negligee. <laughs> Let's talk more about how we don't understand what lingerie is. <laughs> we'll lead into our expansion show next week about how we don't understand women. <laughs> We're gonna have so many spinoff podcasts. We got the Beard Cast, and now we got the What are, What Do Women Want podcast. My wife and her friend want to start a ninety day fiance podcast. What What does that mean? It means they want to do a podcast about ninety day fiance. Is that a show? Oh, you never heard of it? No. Yeah. It oh, is. I thought it was like some kind of social experiment they wanted to do. <laughs> no. It's a show where it's a it's a reality show where they where people bring their uh, basically they're like mail order spouses over from overseas 
and they have 90 days, like they have a, a marriage license or a marriage uh, visa, and they have 90 days to get married before it expires and this person ultimately has to go back home. So it's like 90 days for these people who have maybe met once or twice um, for like a few days, 90 days for them to get married. Yeah. Um, and it's a total shit show. I and, bet. As you'd expect. Anyway, um, but that's not the point. So uh, this woman's rolling around her bed and she's talking to who we gather to be her, her, her lover, talking about how she just murdered her husband and it felt so good and it was better than sex. I completely forgot about this scene. It, it's, it's kind of forgettable, I guess. And especially because it doesn't have anything to do with the actual film itself. Yeah. It's like you were talking about negligence and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. But I'm just going <laughs> to go with it. I'm sure this is going somewhere. <laughs> eventually, there, eventually like, something's going to register. Did I watch the wrong movie? <laughs> did I watch Damon Knight? Dude, after I, <laughs> after I watched both of these movies, I was just like, wait, was this the Tales from the Crypt episode? Did I, did I watch the right movies? <laughs> I'm just like, well, I hope so. I Shit, I was supposed to watch New Year's Evil. Fuck. Dude, after I, like, I realized this is coming out on New, or, uh, January 2nd, I'm like, why didn't we watch like New Year's Evil and End of Days? Because we dumb. We're, we, we keep fucking up. <laughs> we don't look at the dates on the calendar. We, we really don't. throw movies on a spreadsheet. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she's talking about how her husband is cooling off in a bath of acid in the basement. Um, and then, uh, then she strips down. And what the fuck was the point of the scene? Because they were making a movie. Oh, this is okay. Yep, yep. This is before the whole Crypt Keeper intro. Gotcha. Now it's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> there you go. You got it. Uh, she's uh, yeah. She's so she's taking a bubble bath, washing off all of her husband's blood, and she's just got the biggest, hardest faking fake look, <laughs> fakest looking tits ever. And uh, that's when her husband awakens from his acid bath and starts stumbling up the stairs and he grabs a, a hatchet that I presume was the one he was killed with. I don't, I don't know. Could be. He raises it up ready to slice her in the tub. And then the crypt keeper calls cut and he's very frustrated with John Larroquette's <laughs> performance as yeah. a walking corpse. The actor, John Larroquette. <laughs> um, Anyway, so yeah, the Crypt Keeper says he's getting into the film business and uh, he wants to show us something he's been working on. Um, and that's when he starts rolling tape on Demon Knight. And that's where we get into the main story here. <laughs> so uh, we open up on this barren, dusty road in the middle of New Mexico. Uh, although that's not abundantly clear. You just have to gather from license plates and... Well, there's a sign at one point that says, Welcome to Wormwood, New Mexico. Did it? Oh, I missed that. Wormwood. Yep. Did you get it? Wormwood? Is it a penis thing? It's biblical. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the Bible. I don't know the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> what do I look like? Some kind of God guy? Um anyway, so yeah, these this car is, just comes flying down the highway. Um, driven by William Sadler, aka Death from by Bill and Ted too. Not that you could tell. Why not? Because in Bill and Ted, he's all like done up in his makeup, and you can 
it's the same face. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all done up in makeup. Ah, ah. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> anyway, so he's flying down this road and uh, he keeps looking behind, you know, looking at his rear view and um, he's clearly trying to get away from someone. Um, and then shortly behind him comes another car speeding up and making uh, making headway on him. And uh, he pulls this, like, you know, kind of pulls a, a e-brake and flips his car sideways on the... A Rockford. He pulls a Rockford. A Rockford. <laughs> sure. Uh, and he pulls out a rifle and starts firing at this car that's being driven by Cowboy Billy Cowboy Zane. Cowboy Billy Zane. <laughs> just looking just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> he, um, yeah, Billy Zane won't be stopped, though. Can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Billy Zane. <laughs> and um, he he hits something in the engine. The engine catches fire, and eventually uh, he like he's still coming on fast to the car. So Sadler uh, jumps out of the car. I like how when the car catches on fire, Billy Zane just like he just like gets this Jack Nicholson smile across his face. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> he's like, now you're gonna die with a flaming car. <laughs> um, yeah. So Sadler jumps out of the car. Uh, you know, it makes a narrow escape and uh, then starts kind of stumbling off into the desert. Uh, he happens across a bar or a restaurant or something. Um, and uh, he tries to steal a car when he gets uh, he gets caught by a, a kid who comes out and catches him trying to break into the car and uh, gets chased off where he met and then he. I don't know where he goes, but he meets Just down an alley or something. Yeah, he meets Dick, meets Dick Miller, <laughs> Big Dick Miller. <laughs> um, rest in peace, one love. Wait, is he dead? I think so. Did he? No, I swear. Ronnie Angel just posted a picture with him like two days ago, and everyone in the comments was like, "I thought he was dead." Seriously, I could have sworn he just died. Dick Miller racing—that's not what I want. Isn't he like a hundred years old? Fuck me, he's still alive. He's only 90, but Christ, I thought he was dead. Well, good for you, Dick. I'm proud of you. Um, yeah, so he um, he sits down with, with Big Dick and um, just kind of commiserates. This is a... Do you or know a bottle of hooch. Right. Say, do you know a place where I can get a room for the night and... Says, well, I, it just so happens I do, and so they they wander off to um, a motel, just a seedy, shitty motel that's in a decommissioned church, which is just weird. Yeah, <laughs> especially because a prostitute has made her business out of that motel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the motel is run by CCH Pounder, aka the Chief from the Shield. <laughs> God damn it, Dutch! <laughs> I like how she's like. I don't rent to strangers. I'm like, that's a terrible policy. Yeah, you're not going to get any business. <laughs> like, by and large, most of the people that come in here are going to be complete strangers to you. Yeah, that's usually that's, how hotels work. work. <laughs> but there's just this, what you appear to, or what you gather is just a regular crowd of assholes that just kind of hangs out at this motel for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, actually, I guess most of them seem to be staying there. Uh, yeah. And I guess you just say, like, I don't rent short term and I don't rent strangers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you've got. Uh, yeah, Larry the Mailman. Is that, is Wally. That Wally. Wally. 
uh, who's Charles Fleischer, who's a predominantly a voice actor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know he does. He did a lot of like cartoon voices. Oh, it's not important. Um, yeah, you've got a a recently fired postman, uh, Wally. You've got the hooker Cordelia, who Wally's just absolutely in love with, and she just basically don't give him the time of day. He was Roger Rabbit. That's who it was. Thank you. Um, and uh, then you've of course got Jada Pinkett. Now pre Smith, hmm? pre Smith, pre Smith. Uh, pre, I couldn't st- tolerate her. <laughs> I can't stand her now. I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe it's just like the knowledge that she's married to Will Smith, who I also can't stand. <laughs> but she was on Gotham, and like I almost stopped watching the show because I couldn't like tolerate her. Wow, it's, I don't like her at all. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, she's like an ex-con who's on work release or something, right? Um, so we're just, I mean, this basically is just kind of like an introduction scene. You're kind of learning who everyone is and what their relationships are with each other. Um, and William Sather, who we find is named Breaker, um, is, uh, just kind of settling down, making sure that he's safe there. Uh, so it's a safe hideout from Billy Zane. Um, and, uh. What am I missing here? I'm missing something. You're missing THC for one. Right. That's where I was headed. <laughs> and then in walks fucking Lowell from Wings. <laughs> Mr. Thomas Chaden Church, who's in surprisingly good shape. Like, I didn't ever remember him being... That's because he's always, always wearing coveralls. I guess that's true. And now he's just kind of like a... He's just know, an old He's just old got man. dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he walks in wearing a fucking fishnet shirt. Yeah, mesh shirt. <laughs> Um, His name is Roach. <laughs> he's the cook at the diner. And he walks in like Cordelia practically puts her hand down his pants like right away. And uh, he's like, sorry, I was running late. Some motherfucker tried to break into whoever's truck. And that, that's Breaker. Okay, breaking. He's trying to steal the truck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he's like, whatever. Let's go upstairs and fuck. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then Wally's like, oh. All right. <laughs> While he's doing her laundry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking pussy. Um, back at the scene of the accident, um, the sheriff and uh, Deputy Bob, uh, <laughs> uh, they're investigating the scene. You know, the two cars are still on fire. And out pops beautiful Billy Zane in his cowboy hat and duster. <laughs> Uh, just whipping in the wind, practically walking in slow motion. Or did I just see it that way? <laughs> is, this, is this joke wearing thin? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway. I'm not sure you're joking, though. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, he pops. like he's, He just comes out from behind one of the flaming cars. No explanation. He's just like, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> And the two cops are just like, where the fuck did you come from? He's like, well, this is my car. And they just kind of do like a double take. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, her. I'm just like, well, what, what were you doing flying down the road? What must have been over 100 miles an hour? And he's like, well, I was chasing someone that stole something from me. 
Um, then it's like breaker breaker one nine. Yeah, as cops do. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> um, and uh, they get a report coming from the motel. That apparently, uh, what was her name? Uh, Irene. Irene. Thank you, CCH Pounder. Uh, she called in. Obviously, the suspicious guy she's never seen before, uh, acting. You know, as suspicious people do. Suspiciously. Suspiciously. <laughs> um, that's a hard word to say over and over. Suspiciously. Oh, it's so just suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, you start to kind of go suspicious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they get called into there and uh, make their way over to the motel. Um, there's still, I, I'm just I'm just now realizing the whole beginning of the movie is very slow and not very interesting. <laughs> it's not until they finally get to the motel and uh, Billy Zane is, I'm not, I, I keep calling him by his name because he doesn't really have a, a name. He's known as the collector in the credits. Right, but nobody ever actually refers to him as that. No. Um, but I, mean, I guess we can. The collector sits down um, in front of Breaker, and he's like, well, time for you to give back what you stole for me. Um, and uh, then Big Dick uh, rats him out and says, hey, I saw him stashing under the table. And it's what it is is this... Thing they say it's shaped like a key, but it's really not any kind of key I've ever seen. It's a big gold thing um, with you know what what looks like a jewel, like a giant fucking jewel in the middle, um, and then it's got like an extension as a key would. But then at the end, it's got like a like an iron cross on the end. But, yeah, like it's. I mean, it's a loose interpretation of key shape. Yeah, I mean, you you can yeah interpret it as a key, but like you wouldn't look at it and say, "Hey, that's a key." Yeah, right. That that, that would probably open something. Um, but uh, you find out the actual uh, is actually a container, and he's there's some kind of liquid in it. And he says, "Hey, big dick, why don't you go ahead and be a sport and dump that out for me?" And Breaker's like, "No, don't do it." Um, so he's very passionate about whatever's inside of this thing. Um, but then uh, the sheriff gets a report that not one, but both of those cars in the accident were stolen. So now he's taking them both downtown to answer some questions. Downtown. Downtown. <laughs> um, uh, and that's when... Is it like a rule that police departments have to be downtown? I don't know. I don't think they're all downtown. I've never heard one like, all right, we're going uptown. <laughs> It's like, I know in the town I live in, the police department is not downtown. It's like outside of downtown. So that'd be weird if he was like, you're going to go answer some questions just outside of downtown. <laughs> it's like, they, what's weird is they, they, the main police office and the city hall is, it's like not downtown. It's, it's, it's kind of in the outskirts of town. Well, it's not in downtown. That's what's important. Okay. But then they have a downtown substation. Oh. That's where, that's where you answer questions. Right. <laughs> that's the question answering place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, anyway, they're on their way out and Billy Zane, or the collector, he's just like, you know what, guys, we don't really need to do this. This is silly. Just give me what's my, give me back my property and I'll be on my way. And sheriff's just like, uh, no, <laughs> you're coming downtown. And so Billy Zane's just like, fuck it. And he turns around and. Punches through the sheriff's head. <laughs> and then rips his head off. Right. And then he's like trying to shake off the head and he's just really frustrated and just 
the fact that he's frustrated makes it funny. <laughs> like, God, come on, <laughs> God damn it. And then uh, he like catapult or like just flings the head at uh, the deputy. And he says, uh, have a little head or, or want some head or something like that. It's a pun. Puns are funny. Just ask Max. <laughs> God, no, don't make me do that. Fucking Max. <laughs> Fucking puns. Him and Nisgoda just have a pun fight. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is when shit starts to really go haywire because obviously there's not something quite right about Billy's aim. Right. Because you don't typically see somebody punch through someone else's head. Not usually, unless it's like Jason. Sure. Um. And, uh, you know, everybody's screaming and freaking out and Breaker's just like, he's, he's cuffed and he's like, give me the fucking keys. Um, and he finally gets away and uh, he takes the key. Um, and then he starts kicking dirt. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably he's his... like going full Lupinella. He's just like racking, fracking. <laughs> this, is, this is probably his best line or like a set of lines in the movie. He's outside just yeah, kicking dirt and getting pissed off. He's like, fuck this goddamn cowboy act. And he throws his <laughs> coat and his hat and he's like, or, <laughs> or he, he says, you goddamn humans, like you're not, you're not worth the flesh you're printed on. She says, I'm going to cut out this horse or cowboy. I fucked up the line. It's funnier to hear him say it anyway. Um, but yeah, he's like, all you had to do me do was give me the key. And now you all have to die. Or, But now you all have to die. So he cuts his wrist open and starts flinging his neon green blood all over the place. And up from the ground pops uh, Cabbage Patch Kiss. <laughs> um, uh, but no. Uh, no, Pumpkin Heads. Pumpkin heads. I mean, they, they look like they look like heads. pumpkin heads, um, but they're just demons. I don't know if they're like being birthed or just being like brought up from hell. Either or, doesn't matter. Um, anyway, they start rampaging. They immediately make like a, uh, a a play for for the hotel, but that's when Breaker starts pouring out the liquid that's in this key around the windows and doorways, and they make this kind of invisible seal. Um, you come to find out that that's actually the blood of these protectors who have been charged with protecting this key. And who was the original protector? Uh, some thief. No, it was Jesus. No, no, it wasn't. He wasn't a protector. Well, he, it was Jesus's blood. Yeah. The original blood that was put inside of this vial or this key was the blood of Christ. Uh, and now down the line, it's been the blood of any, whoever's been protecting the key. Through the through the millennia, um, yeah, and you get the story about you know how God created the heaven and heaven and earth, and uh, before before that the earth was dark, and that's where the demons lived. But then when God said, "Let there be light," the demons scattered, and there were seven keys or something, <laughs> seven keys and seven stars. There's seven dwarves. There's a lot of sevens. There's yeah. so many sevens. I didn't really follow all of them. Um, I only followed like six of them. You only followed six of the stars. Yeah. Or six of the sevens. Six of the sevens. Um, yeah, so basically this kind of becomes a fight for survival. The 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 um, demons are trying to make their way in, and Billy Zane's out there kind of taunting the people inside. Uh, the demons have the ability to possess people, um, which doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> because... If they can't physically go past the barrier, why can they like possess people that are behind the barrier? 
Yeah, and Billy Zane can like talk to people telepathically too. Right. Which I mean, that makes a little more sense, I guess. But he's like super smooth because he's, he's just like telepathically talks to these women, and he's like, "Just let me in." Yeah. Yeah, he's like, uh, "Yeah, let me in, and I'll love you a long time." <laughs> me love you a long time. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like. He's, he's, it's super fucking cheesy, but he's laying it on so thick. Like this hooker Cordelia. Um, he's just like, oh, you're, 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 you're too pretty to cry. Did I say pretty? I meant beautiful. <laughs> and I thought like he's on the ground, she's on the second floor and he's just like stroking the air. Right. But like, you can see the impression on her face as he's doing it. Yeah. Like, and like wiping he, away a tear yeah. and, and pushing like, her hair back. At one point he's like got his like whole hand out, like his open hand like stroking the air and then you see like these impressions on her lips it's like so what is he just like putting his hand on her face just like <laughs> rubbing her mouth it's like that's not sexy <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where that's been um and it's so funny because like all these people know that he's this demon with neon green blood that he just like threw ropes of around yeah and they're still just like well okay just a little bit. Just the tip. <laughs> I mean, he's very beautiful. Um, That's not what I'm saying. This whole movie is how fucking smooth is Billy Zane, though. Yeah. <laughs> smooth enough that he can be a known demon and still get some. Yeah. Still crush ass. <laughs> um, so, let's see. I'm kind of jumping around here. Again. I love that there's all these like pumpkin head looking demons and then Billy Zane. Right. Like, he doesn't transform. No. I mean, he's one of them. But yeah. he, he's just, he but looks he just like Billy looks Zane. like Billy Zane the whole movie. <laughs> it would have been funny if somebody was just like, hey, you look a lot like Billy Zane. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you that? I get that a lot. <laughs> um, I don't, it's like in Critters, how they had to assimilate to look like someone. Right. And he picked Billy Zane. Sure. <laughs> so, I you know, I saw him on Twin Peaks, and I was like, that guy's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> Uh, I don't understand why he shaves his head. I mean, he's not bald. No, he doesn't have like a receding hairline. No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe he's got like a widow's peak, but it's not like distracting. Hmm. I mean, because was this before or after Titanic? This was ninety five. What year was Titanic? I want to say ninety seven. So there you go. But he had a full head of hair in that. Oh yeah. So it's like he, yeah, he's got gorgeous hair. It's beautiful hair. It, it frustrates me as a guy who <laughs> lost his hair at a young age to see a man who's older and much more attractive shave his head like that. And it's even more irritating that he's better looking as a bald man than I am. <laughs> even if I still had hair, he'd still be better looking. Oh, uh, I don't know. If you kind of look at the stubble here, that looks like it goes back pretty far. He might have started losing it. Wait, you can see it there. It's very. He's got. I think he's got power alleys going. He he may, but it's not bad. Oh, he does look pretty thin on top there. Maybe he did lose it. Maybe he just started shaving it in like, uh, just preemptively shaving it so he could just like set the standard. Maybe, yeah. He's he's, he's like, I'm not gonna wait. Yeah. Early warning signs? Nope. Yeah. I in in hindsight, I wish I had done that, <laughs> but you know, whatever. 
Uh, so yeah, I've been kind of jumping around because I don't really want to. I mean, most of the middle of the movie is so like it's. I don't want to use the word redundant, but more it more or less is. It's just like a cat and mouse kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they're in the house, um, trying to defend it. They find a mine attached to the house. Yeah, I mean, it's it's New Mexico, so naturally there are going to be a lot of mines all over the place, and there just happens to be the entrance to a tunnel underneath this motel. They try to make an escape through there, but naturally the demons are already down there. So they hustle back and then fucking Lowell screws it up. Fucking Lowell. There's always fucking things fucking up. Fucking THC, man. THC <laughs> ruins lives. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Big Dick's possession scene. That's good. Uh, so, yeah. Big Dick is, uh, like, he's protecting this kid. Uh, is the kid that caught Breaker trying to steal the truck. They've made their way, or he he made his way to the motel. Um, and now Big Dick kind of got put in, um, in, in charge of watching after the kid. Um, but then uh, Billy Zane kind of puts his trance on him, makes him think that there's, like, this tiki lounge. <laughs> With a bunch of... Uh, just probably a dozen. Just Yeah, just topless women. Yeah. With, with big old boobies. Just tits everywhere. I only recognized one face, and that was Chasey Lane. She's a porn star. Mm. Um, and uh, apparently, apparently Tracy Bingham was in there, too. And she's like a model. I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Then Billy Zane's the bartender. Yeah. He's wearing this big fucking, like, like, like a Smalls hat in... Sandlot, which is like a big long bill. Yeah, like he almost looks like he's trying to do like a Hunter S. Thompson cosplay or yeah, something. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, with like a big cigar hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and so he he slips him this very special private reserve booze. Slips him a Mickey. <laughs> a uh, Mickey. And uh, yeah, and that's when he gets possessed. Yeah, is that you? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a good scene. Because boobs, so many boobs. You know, it, it's it's nice to look at so many boobs at one boobs time. Boobs of all shapes, sizes, and colors. Yes, it was a cross section of it was, boobies. It was a menagerie, <laughs> a menagerie of memories. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> she got headphones in. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, long story short, uh, Jada Pinkett's the only one left alive. Yeah, pretty much everyone just like it, one by one just gets ca- uh, capped off. Yeah, one way either or the possessed other. or killed or possessed and killed, or they blow themselves up. Yeah, um, because Wally was going to go postal. Yeah, <laughs> this was kind of like right on the heels of that. I guess that was more like the early '90s. Yeah, so that was still a thing. Right, saying going postal. Um, but yeah, they, they go up in the attic to, I forget why they go up there. I think they're just running away. Just find somewhere to hide, I guess. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's just these trunks full of guns, uh, and there's no bullets in them. So they're like, well, if he was going to, you know, make a siege on a, on the post office, they, he wasn't going to get very far, but then they find this vest, vest with a bunch of hand grenades with like, it, it was very interesting design. It was like. Basically, like a pair of suspenders with grenades just attached to each side, 
but they were all attached with like a metal pipe. Like all the rings were attached to this pipe that just went down the center. And yeah. you just pull the pipe and they pull all the rings simultaneously. Yeah. It's an interesting design. Yeah. Probably, I mean, if you're like a terrorist or a suicide bomber, it's probably pretty familiar. It's probably pretty standard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> standard issue. Anyway, um, yeah, so pretty much everyone dies. Uh, it really gets down to, uh, um, what's Jada Pinkett? Jill, Jilly, Gerilyn. <laughs> Jilly? <laughs> Gilly. <laughs> Gilly. Um, and Breaker, they're the last ones, but then Breaker, um, he gets tongue mortally f- wounded. He gets tongue fucked in the chest by a demon. By a child demon. <laughs> What's his name? Danny? Uh sure. Billy? That's, that sounds like a child name. <laughs> um But uh yeah. And then he basically passes on the legacy to, to Geraldine. And um Yeah. That's where they go. Yep. And then she gets on a bus with her cat and she like makes a seal on the bus door and the bus stops to pick up somebody else and who's dressed in a ho dunk, po dunk, hey there, ho there. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Cowboy outfit. And he's like, I'll take the next one. And then he like, he starts walking down the street being like, <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not it at all. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Yep, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I don't think that's anything. I think you made that up. Um, but anyway, so that's the movie. Uh I like it. So do I. It's it's so good. It's I mean, fun. It's not like a super good movie. Um, but the, I mean the story's interesting. Uh, Sadler, who's not typically a lead man. Like I, I think this might be the only thing I've seen him in where he has like a leading role. Yeah. Um, except was he? He was like the head, ter- the lead terrorist in what Die Hard Two? Was that it? Was he? I feel like he was. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good cast. They all worked really well together. It's like not people I would typically put together. I guess. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, God, what do I say about this? Um, I didn't fully understand the the backstory because I mean, Breaker keeps flashing back, and I guess when you when you pass on the legacy to the like the the protector of the key, you get all the memories of the previous protectors, like back to the very first one. Seen that way, yeah. Um, and uh, he. You find out he was actually a soldier in World War One, um, an American soldier in France, and his commanding officer was the the previous protector. He, he got killed. It's not really clear if he got killed by a. No, I guess he did. Like they were there were demons attacking, which would have made sense because they'd be after the key. Um, so yeah, demons are attacking, and uh. The guy's already been mortally wounded, and that's when he passes on the legacy to to Breaker. Um, but yeah, you do find out that the first protector of the of the key was this thief who collected the blood um, from Christ on this cross, like like his dripping blood. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, the story was interesting. The seven stars thing that always kind of like. 
basically, as a protector, you get these seven stars imprinted on your hand. And as you kind of hit these um, watershed points in your life or you, in your path, they kind of realign to make the circle in your hand. And that's yeah. how you know you're doing, how you're taking the correct steps. But when they when the circle aligns, that's when the demons attack. Yeah, and that's like he like he says, you know, when you get to this point, you know that you're as he's kind of re, like telling Geraldine how how this works or Geraldine 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 um, <clears throat> how how it works, and she says when you when all your stars align, you're going to be doing the same thing or, that I'm yeah. doing now. Yeah. It's like, so basically, you're going to die a bloody death, and then you're going to have to pass this on to someone else. Yeah, but you're going to live a long time. Sure, yeah. Probably longer than you want to. Yeah, you're going to see all your friends and family die. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, that to look forward to. Of course, she just did She did just get on a bus and take off, so she probably didn't have a lot. She probably did just see most of her friends die. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, like I said, it's not a... Like an award-winning movie, at least not one that I know of. No, I, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rotten Tomatoes uh, reports that 38% of 32 surveyed critics gave the film a positive review. And the average rating is 4.4 out of 10. This just goes to show that critics have no idea what makes a good movie. Variety says neither funny enough nor scary enough to be fully satisfying is either a shocker or a spoof. What a load of horse shit. And a spoof of what? Have they seen Tales from the Crypt? Like this is a this is fully Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. It's like Tales from the Crypt didn't last as long as it did because they were doing something wrong. Yeah. It's like they were doing many things right. People were eating it up. Except the later seasons when they moved the production to England and things just kind of like yeah the movie's not scary and it's not particularly funny like it has funny moments sure but it's not it's not a comedy no but it, it's it's fun to watch yeah. um it has a lot of good action uh good the, demons yeah the demons are cool i mean the effects in general are pretty sweet there's not a lot of cgi there's there's certain there's a certain amount of cgi and that is reflective of the time you know mid 90s yeah. but the effects themselves are really well done um Especially like when uh, Danny gets possessed and he turns into this weird like creature, like out of like the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like where his whole shoulder and neck area opens up into this just gaping maw. <laughs> yeah, with like a giant tongue. Yeah, that was cool. That's when that's when Breaker gets his chest tongue fucked. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Um. I don't know. I'm not. I don't really have much else to say, I guess, uh, unless there's anything you want to add. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I like it. I think it's a fun movie. It's not, you know, there's not like a huge production about it. It's not this grand epic. But, you know, reading these reviews and they're saying all this shit about it's neither funny enough to be a spoof or scary enough to be a true horror. And it's like, does it have to be? Like, can it be that nice medium? Yeah. And it's just like so many critics have no idea what to expect from a horror or necessarily what makes a, a horror movie good. Um, and so when you see these guys that, you know, in the same week or month are reviewing, you know, a horror mixed with, or uh, reviewing a horror movie and uh, a romantic comedy, 
and like saying polar opposite things about them. It's just like, you, you, you don't know anything about horror, do you? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with horror movies. It's, it's, it's an, it's still a niche genre. It's, you know, it's for horror fans mm-hmm. and they keep trying to be like, Oh, we're going to make this horror movie. That's going to appeal to non horror fans. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's like, you know, we've, we've met people mainly through like Crypticon who are professional film critics. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or, you know, professional and or semi, semi-professional. Um, but you know, being there at Crypticon, they identify as horror fans. So mm-hmm. they kind of have a better idea of what to expect from a horror movie. What makes it like the elements of horror in particular that makes it good or bad. Right. Um, because like, yeah, like you said, it is kind of a different beast than most other genres. So you can't just, you can't read it. There's like, no mass appeal there. Right. Um, so anyway. Yeah. I think it's a fun movie. Um, I mean, there is one review listed here. It says, well, <laughs> Edward Gunthman of the San Francisco Chronicle says, if I were 12, I might have loved it. So he gets us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Eggerston of Bloody Disgusting called it one of the most underrated genre entries of the 90s. It totally is. And, you know, it's funny because I saw this when I was a kid. You know, it probably had just come out on video when I first saw it. Um, And I liked it then. And I would watch it. You know, if I saw it like on TV or, you know, if I was at Hollywood video or something and wanted to, you know, just have something to watch. We used to play jacks down by the soda fountain. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows what you're saying, you idiot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was just a movie that I would watch, you know, every once in a while. But it's like never anything I really heard people talking about. Yeah. And so as I became got older and became more involved in like a horror community find out it's like no it's like it's kind of like an underground favorite like people just love this movie it's good it's good it's good <laughs> anyway so um i got a seven i'm right there with you yeah you are so uh it's uh if you have stars it's on there that's where I watched it. I just have, I have the Stars channel on Amazon. I signed up for the free uh, free trial because both these movies were on Stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you if you have a way to watch them for free, then do that. Fucking A. Fucking A. So, uh, up next is the, not direct sequel, but the follow-up, Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. From a secret grave in a distant land, Hell's Madam has risen again. And now she's back in business at the Bordello of Blood. Where customers go in. Evening, boys. This is deep. But they don't come out. Mr. Gutman, have you found my brother yet? He and a friend of his evidently went to a local brothel. Are you ready? Welcome to a new chapter in terror. At least now she'll know what's eating him. She is. Lucy, I'm home. Let's party. Hi, I'm Mexican for lunch. 
take you for a test ride. You know, you make it sound really enticing. From Universal Pictures. It's holy water, man. Dennis Miller. You are here. Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. Looking cool tonight, man. You must know Mickey Rourke, huh? Evil Bites. Go for it! Alright, so this came out in 1996, only one year later. Uh, directed by Gilbert Adler. And written by Gilbert Adler and A.L. Katz. Story by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. If you didn't know, those are the guys that did the Back to the Future trilogy. They know a thing or two. Well, you, you would think. <laughs> but we'll get into that. Um, so this one <clears throat> so it starts out with a group of treasure hunters led by Vincent, played by Phil um, Fondacaro. Fondacaro, that's how you pronounce it. Yep. Who you may recognize from Willow. Sure, yeah. Uh, I know he's been in other stuff, but that's basically any movie where there are little people. (laughs) Yeah, when there's multiple little people. Um, yeah, he's got like a real gruff voice. Yeah, but they're exploring this cave, and they find the coffin of the mother of all vampires, the queen of the damned, if you were. Sure, yeah, if you will, not if it were. If you will, those are the those are the phrases. It, it maybe it were at one point. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but by a vampire by, by the name of Lilith, played by Angie Everhart, for some reason. <laughs> Why do you not like that casting? She's not a good actress. <laughs> Did you watch this movie? Yeah, she's really bad. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> she's fun to look at, but she's garbage actress. Yeah. But so Vincent has this box and it contains Lilith's heart, but like cut into four pieces. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing I know of. <laughs> yeah. But they act like it's like it is. Yeah. Like it, you're just supposed to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? And he's like, oh, by the way, I have a, her heart in a box, which is, yeah, weird on its own. Yeah. But then it's like in four parts. It's like, why? Why? Oh, you know, you got to put them together. What? <laughs> what? What's happening? I've never heard of that. <laughs> but so he puts them together, puts them back into her body. Obviously, she wakes up and kills everybody. Except Vincent. Yeah, Vincent makes it out. He's okay. And how does he get out? With the key from Demon Knight. Yeah. For some reason. That is the only tie-in. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Apparently, this was supposed to be a trilogy of films, um, and the key was supposed to be in all three. That was supposed to be like the the tie that binds. It was the Cornetto? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But obviously, that didn't happen. So now, it just looks like they they reused the same prop. (laughs) Uh, also, originally, this was not supposed to be the second movie, because if you watch all the way through the credits of Demon Knight, Crypt Keeper pops up and he says, first he starts like a Ferris Bueller kind of thing. He's like, oh, you're still here. And he's like, well, tune into the next Tales from the Crypt feature, Dead Easy. It's not, that's not this. It's not a thing, you know. that's, that, that movie was never made. 
Uh, so flash. I don't. I don't even know if we flash forward or just go to a different location. Flash sideways. Is that a thing? Why not? Sure. <laughs> uh, so Caleb Verdo, played by Corey Feldman, <laughs> and his and his shitty little shadow beard. <laughs> shadow beard. It just looks like a shadow on his face. Uh, and his sister Catherine. It's it's like you know when when uh, well it never happened to me but you know the poor kids it's like oh well I'll be a hobo for Halloween and then you just like take some like charcoal or something and pat it on your face yeah you just like draw on stubble yeah that's what it looked like sure <laughs> but his sister Catherine played by Erica Laniac from Baywatch right yeah they look related yeah why not. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're having a fight, a row, a, a, a roused about. Sure. And over whatever, doesn't fucking matter. Music, I think, or something. A stupid thing to argue about. Yeah. They're arguing like they're teenagers, but they're adults. Yeah. They're both grown ass. Uh, like in their thirties. Yeah. <laughs> Just get the fuck over it. Yeah. She like, she's in her room on her, uh, on her, uh, stationary bike, uh, listening to like, uh, fucking jerry dandridge talk about god <laughs> and and then she like overhears his music in the next room and she start or storming into his bedroom and turns it down <laughs> he basically pulls the get out of my room <laughs> and she's like i'm tired of you playing this music so loud the neighbors can hear it and he's like or half the neighborhood can hear it so he turns it back up he's like there that's for the other half <laughs> I'm Corey Feldman. He says that. He does say that. <laughs> he should be playing like Michael Jackson. <laughs> or better yet, Corey Feldman. <laughs> and and the Angels? Is that his band? That's actually just like <laughs> women wearing angel costumes. <laughs> like how the, the, the title track for the soundtrack, they play like at, at the end credits, is a song by Anthrax, but not the good Anthrax. <laughs> It was when uh, John Bush was singing for him, and so it just sounded like a shitty Armored Saints song. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. The song was called Bordello of Blood. Well, yeah. It's the title track to a soundtrack to a movie called Bordello of Blood. Right. <laughs> it was sad that Charlie Benante, the, the, the drummer since the beginning of the band, wrote the song. So it's like, come on, man. You're better than this. <laughs> Maybe you just phoned it in it's like whatever yeah tales from the crypt whatever fuck two it. weeks fuck it <laughs> um so caleb goes to this shitty ass bar where he meets up with jenkins <laughs> is that your first name <laughs> johnson <laughs> oh jenkins <laughs> But he he says you know hey you should you should go check out this brothel, uh, it's in a funeral home. It's like you're gonna find the hottest goddamn ass. <laughs> this, guy, this guy was like I don't know if he's supposed to be over the top, or if he's just a weird guy. It doesn't, it doesn't even say who plays him is in the credits. Yeah, he's like the. Gonna find the best goddamn ass. <laughs> oh goddamn world! Oh, God, <laughs> couldn't even do that. <laughs> yeah, and so Caleb like 
doesn't seem to think this is weird. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this sounds like a great idea, guys. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I'm a gambling man. <laughs> so him and his buddy Reggie, uh, they go and they find this funeral home. Now, Reggie just got shot in the balls with a dart. <laughs> there's like there's a story to that that I won't go into. Um, but like, if you got hit in the balls with a dart, would you want to have sex? I wouldn't want to do anything. <laughs> I just want to lay down. I would want to curl up in a ball and die. <laughs> because dart, like like actual metal dart tips, those are a good like half inch long, and it looked like it went all the way in. I mean, yeah. He's got a piercing now. <laughs> Just put a stud in your balls. Yeah. All good. A little, little jewel. Yeah. And uh, then when, you know, later on, when the trauma's over and a special lady sees it, she be like, that's, that's my little something special for you. <laughs> yeah. It's a little show. Yep. <laughs> She'll be like, I want to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, they meet McCutcheon, the mortician. And uh, uh, she forces them to get in a coffin, and then he, he, right, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, yeah." So this, yeah, the Jenkins guy is like, "Hey, so, so go to this funeral home and ask for the for the the Cunningham wake." And they go there, and they're like, "Hey, we were here for the Cunningham wake." And yeah, McCutcheon's like, "Get in this coffin," and they're like, "No." <laughs> That seems like a weird thing to do. <laughs> it's like, no. No, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> There's our Mulaney reference. <laughs> oh, I thought you were had more to say. No, I was just, just commenting on the absurdity of the scene. Yeah. But so McCutcheon leads him to this, these vampires who kill Reggie. Yep. Yep. They... That pulled the stud out of his balls. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, they go into this brothel. It's like, I've never been in a whorehouse, but I've been to strip clubs. And women don't just walk around topless. I mean, unless they're on stage. Well, yeah, usually. I mean, brothels might be different because they're, you know, it's advertising. I suppose. But isn't that aren't you kind of like giving away the goods for free? I mean, you know, spend money to make money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta break some eggs. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they go back in these rooms with two girls, and one starts, one slices open Reggie's chest with her nail, which is weird. That was weird. It's like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> I'm not into that. He's not into it, but he doesn't say anything. He's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> It's like, it's like, no, bitch. Stop it. Quit it. You scratched me. Ow. Ow. And then Angie Everhart comes in and tongue fucks his chest. (laughs) There's a lot of chest tongue fucking. It's a recurring theme. Yeah. But no, she like puts her tongue down his throat and out his chest and like pushes his heart out. With her tongue. Yeah. Wouldn't it be easier to just take it out? Like with your hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a showy, sure, but... Everything's got to be so grandiose. 
Fucking Lilith always showing off. <laughs> but so uh, Catherine hires Rafe Gutman. Fucking Dennis Miller. Executed perfectly by Dennis Miller. I have never liked Dennis Miller. Really? Yeah. He's uh before Monday Night Football. Before Oh he my beca- god, I forgot he did that. Before he became a conservative radio host. I forgot about that too. Oh man. I always fucking hated Dennis Miller. <laughs> He's so annoying. I like this talk show. I mean a lot like it was it was far enough back to where I was kind of too young to understand a lot of it. I think I don't like him because he calls everybody babe. Does he do that? Or is it just he did. The, just the comedians that make fun of her that impersonate him do that. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's like whenever someone does a Dennis Miller impression, they talk like a white Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and do this. Hey, Bab. I just, yeah, I, I flash back to Dana Carvey doing him on SNL. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's just like full on Dennis Miller in this. They were just like, yeah, just beat you. He's like Dennis Miller Prime. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's a, a PI who acts like Dennis Miller. <laughs> Which is just obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia describes him as cynical and sarcastic. So he's Dennis Miller. Yeah, exactly. You could have just said played by Dennis Miller. God, I can't believe I forgot that he did Monday Night Football. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I remember that was announced and I was like, wait, like that Dennis Miller? So it's like, surely you mean a different Dennis, Dennis Miller. <laughs> was there like a former player named Dennis Miller? Or? <laughs> it's like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the joke. Is this a shtick? <laughs> um, he's still better than Jason Witten. <laughs> it's true. I think a moldy pineapple is better than Jason Witten. <laughs> uh, anyways, Gutman tracks down this funeral home. Uh, after talking to Jenkins, of course, <laughs> right? It's fucking Jenkins. Um, he goes to the funeral home and sees, oh, it's just it's just a funeral home. There's no big deal. And Jenkins is like, no, you gotta go back after dark. But God damn, <laughs> God damn, God damn, yes. yes, God damn, yes. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, he goes back at night and he discovers that the funeral home is a front. For a brothel, obviously. A bordello, if you will. Of blood. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> run by Jerry Dandridge. No. AKA, no? No, run by Andrew Everhart. Oh. Jerry Dandridge is a TV, uh, TV uh, televangelist. Why does it say he discovers a funeral home as a front for a corrupt organization run by Reverend Current? I I don't know. Oh, wait, yeah, I guess it is. Okay. That's kind of like a tenuous thing though. It's it's like if you blink you miss it. Like basically he knows that Lilith is a is a vampire and that she's killing sinners. And that's just kind of like he's like, "Okay, I'll let this happen." And so that means he runs it, I guess. But he does have he has the key, which any, that's something you mentioned at the beginning. Anybody has control of the key controls Lilith, which is not something that was in the first one. or in, It was in Demon Knight. That wasn't a thing. Yeah, no, the key didn't control anybody. No. It uh, it, it kept the demons at, at bay, bay, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Although you could just wipe it up with a sponge out of Billy Zane's mouth. Right. 
I actually love that scene. It's pretty good. Just the way he's just like, bleh. And then he takes it out of his mouth. And he's like, Um, <laughs> the part when they're standing there, on, like, and he's he's negotiating. Sorry, going back to Demon Knight, when he's standing there on the stairs negotiating with Roach because Roach wants to give him the key, just you know, for safe passage out. And he's he's like, you know, I'm not a traitor to my kind or anything. He's like, no, 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 not definitely not. I mean, we, to be honest, we were actually kind of counting on you. And he like, looks back at these demons, and they all just kind of nod in agreement. <laughs> Uh, so, Brave goes back a third time. Uh, he's finally let into the brothel. Uh, I don't really remember this movie very well. <laughs> uh, he gets uh, propositioned by a whore. Who whore? Takes, who takes him into the... Like, whore wife. <laughs> he takes, she takes him into this, like, torture room with, like, a... Uh, like an, like a, I don't even know what to call it. It's like it's like a iron grate that you get chained down to, um, and uh, he's just making jokes like the entire time. He's just being Dennis Miller. I fucking hate him. <laughs> and it's like at one point, it's weird because all these whores are walking around the the place topless, except for the one that comes up to him. She's wearing this like very matronly, like ugly dress, like has like this big ruffled collar. And it's like, uh, you know, it's very, it's not flattering at all. Like, you know, full, like these full fluffy sleeves that go all the way down to her wrists. And it just looks, it looks like something you'd see like a teacher wearing in like the fifties. Yeah. Like a school marm. Yeah. Like something from like a handmaid's tale or something. Sure. Uh, and then she takes him back in this dungeon room. And, you know, he's making all these quips. And, he's like, hey, babe. Yeah. And she, she's like, take off your clothes. And he's like, well, I was always a believer of ladies first. And so she takes off her dress and underneath she's wearing just like this full bondage getup. Uh, and he's like, that's so funny. I almost wore that exact same thing tonight. It's like, shut up, Dennis. God damn it. Just stop. <laughs> this is very serious. <laughs> it's like, you're going to die right now. Yeah. And then like, some realize what's going on. Like, you are in a bordello of blood. <laughs> It's like, maybe you haven't seen the blend yet, but at least you know it's a bordello. Yeah. And something's very wrong here. Uh, you yes. don't need to, like, impress them with your wit. <laughs> Just give them money. Yeah, they're vampires. And even if they weren't vampires, they're hookers. They're still prostitutes. They don't care. Yeah. They're going to forget you five minutes after you come. They're not going to give you a freebie because you're funny. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes he manages to convinced this hooker slash vampire to get chained up instead and she's like oh damn it <laughs> oh fiddlesticks you and your wit <laughs> and then he escapes and Angie Everhart's very mad so she comes to pay him a visit and tries to I don't know fuck him <laughs> sure yeah or something it's really hard to get a feel for what she's doing because she's a terrible actress. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he, like pretty much the in, not the entire movie, but a good portion of the movie is him trying to convince uh, what's her face, Catherine, Catherine, uh, that they are vampires. Um, and then uh, eventually they do, or eventually he does. 
and they bust into the Bardella. Or she goes, oh, she gets a call from Caleb, who has been missing for several days. Right. Um, I mean, you know, as the audience, we know that he's probably dead. But then he gives her a call, says that uh, they're after him and he's been hiding out to come meet meet him at this warehouse. And, you know, at no point does Dennis Miller says, I don't know, something's off about this. Or Catherine, for that matter. Sure. I mean, she might be a little, her, her judgment judgment may be clouded because she wants her brother back. Sure. But Dennis Miller, who's very cynical, should have seen this coming. Yeah, like that's kind of his job. He's like, he should have been like, I don't think this is such a good idea, Catherine. <laughs> um. But I feel like, I mean, like if my brother went missing for a few days and then called me and was like, hey, come meet me at this warehouse, I would have been like, dude, just come home. Yeah, just just come to our house. Because <laughs> they don't play it off as like, I need help. I'm trapped in this warehouse or anything. It's just like, yeah, just come meet me here. Yeah, especially after all the things leading up to this, you know, Dennis Miller saying, hey, this whorehouse has something wrong with it. <laughs> uh, I found your brother's nose ring at this whorehouse. In what looks like an autopsy room, or no, it was in it was in the the actual like preparation room in the, the mortuary. Yeah, it wasn't actually in the the whorehouse. Uh, and it's and then he says, "Hey, this whorehouse is actually a bunch of vampires." At no point does she question any of this when her brother suddenly calls her and says, "Hey, come meet me at this warehouse." Yeah. And they get to the warehouse, and it's like, it's like a steam warehouse for whatever reason, just steaming pipes. <laughs> a steam warehouse? <laughs> they just make steam? Yeah, There's just a steam factory. Have you seen in like, Seattle, not 10 miles away from here, there's a steam factory? What? You haven't seen that? No. I don't understand it. It's like, why is there a steam factory? I could be making money off my steam? Apparently. I'm going to start bottling that shit when I take a shower. <laughs> Just go down to Pike Place and just be like, steam for sale. <laughs> Buy my steam. Just put it on your face or whatever you do. Or just like cannibalize the business and uh, just stand outside the steam factory selling bottles of steam. <laughs> Straight from the source. <laughs> At discount price. But they go to this they go to this factory or this warehouse and they're walking Where in. Where they keep it, all the steam. Yeah. And Miller's just like Oh, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm, you know, bah, 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 making all bah, these bah. <laughs> making all these dumb jokes, and then one of the like a steam pipe just randomly spouts off steam, which seems incredibly unsafe. <laughs> um, and he's like, "Sorry, I had Mexican for lunch." Jesus Christ! Like, Please stop. <laughs> this is hurting me inside. It's like the whole movie. You're just like, when does he die? <laughs> where, where are the vampires to eat his face or something? Like, just rip his fucking throat out so he can't talk. <laughs> And then Caleb's a vampire, obviously. Obviously. We all knew that. Yeah, but I think the only person that's surprised is Catherine. <laughs> like, even Gutman is like, yeah, well, uh, yeah, obviously. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, they chase him to the factory, and then, was it, I think Lilith pops up, right? Is that what happens? Yeah. They take him back to the whorehouse. Uh, and then it's just escape from the bordello of blood. And then Lilith starts monologuing. Yeah. And Rafe uh, Gutman uses a laser on her to 
chop her heart into four pieces yeah, again. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like this this thing that uh, the Reverend's uh, I can't remember his name. Dandridge. Huh? Dandridge. Yeah, Jerry Dandridge. Reverend Jerry Dandridge. Reverend, um, Reverend Humperdinck. <laughs> he, uh, it's this gimmick that he's trying out where he's, he plays a guitar. He's like the guitar playing Reverend. And uh, he's got it's like a, a cool Reverend. And like there's this big animatronic devil that pops out from behind him. And there's supposed to be like this actual laser that burns things <laughs> that's supposed to shoot down onto a mirror and bounce off of it. Like it's got a mirror on the head of his guitar. And uh, it's supposed to bounce off and burn a cross into the devil. It's like, I don't think you guys know how lasers work. <laughs> I don't think any of that would happen. <laughs> it's like that would be have to have to be perfectly lined up. And it might burn through the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Or it might kill Jerry Dandridge. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Or just anyone. It might kill someone. Yeah. It's probably going to kill someone. Um, <laughs> or like bare minimum destroy his guitar. Right. Like set it on fire. Um. But, uh, yeah. Then he, but in that scene, it's just like, well, I bet that's going to come through again, or that's going to come up again at some point. They're probably going to use that in the movie. The laser? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, well, this is foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. They don't just put that in for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> what, if, what if it didn't? What if it never came back? You'd been like, what the hell was with the laser? <laughs> And it's like when they test it out, it completely misses his guitar and it burns a cross into the floor. And it's just like, he's just like, holy shit, fix it. <laughs> well, just stand there. <laughs> Put the guitar there. It's, it's going to go there next time, yeah. I think. This isn't an exact science. <laughs> um, yeah, Gutman uses it to chop up Lilith's heart. But she doesn't die because the pieces are still in her body. Right. But it's like, you know, when Phil Fondacaro had her heart in, in that box and he pulls these slats out that are separating the pieces, um, like these things like instantly bond together. Right. So why doesn't that happen? Yeah. <laughs> you'd think if, if it was going to do that quickly anywhere, it would be inside of her you chest. You would think, yeah. But then uh, Catherine grabs the the pitchfork or the trident or whatever that the devil animatronic thing is holding and stabs her heart out of her chest into three four four pieces four pieces because uh, uh, uh. she's a vampire yeah and then they like cremate the her yeah i got it <laughs> then they cremate her so she dead uh and then they get back in the car and Catherine's a vampire. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> blah. Blah, blah, blah. That's how you know she's a vampire, because she's like, blah. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention that Rafe was like, hey, maybe we use super soakers full of holy water. <laughs> right. Which seems practical. Why not? They sure. Did, they did it in Lost Boys. <laughs> yeah. It worked then. They were they were children. <laughs> uh um, they could do what they did in uh fucking um Underworld. Just get UV enriched, uh, like special gun rounds. Yeah, they could. They I don't think do that, that technology existed. Yeah, probably not. So <laughs> it's it's funny because apparently uh, both the Frighteners and From Dust Till Dawn were supposed to be Tales from the Crypt movies. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. But like, there's definitely a strong From Dust Till Dawn feeling to this one. Yeah. 
like I almost said influence, but from Dust Alone came out several years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same general premise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I wonder if that's why they decided not to make From Dust Till Dawn a Tales from Crypt movie, because they were like, oh, wait, we already kind of made this. Yeah, we did this already. <laughs> and it wasn't nearly as good. <laughs> um, Wait, did From Dust Till Dawn come out before this? No, after. Are you saying this was better than From Dust Till Dawn? No. Oh. Okay, I had it backwards then. Yeah. Oh, they came out the same year, actually. Well, I'll be goddamned. <laughs> so did they just like take this script and just split it into two parts or something? How do you mean? Because they they both came out in the same year, but they're and they're like the same movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe they like give one to Robert Rodriguez and one to whoever. Well, maybe Rodriguez pitched it because he wrote the he wrote from Dust to Dawn. That's true. Maybe he'd pitched it to them and they didn't like it, but then stole his idea. <laughs> That's something Hollywood does. And they do do that. Do do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so this is basically from dusk till dawn, just not as good. Yeah, more or less. It's 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 really not good at all. It's it's not a good movie. <laughs> um, it's got an yeah. insufferable cast. You know, I I felt like. <laughs> that I remembered thinking, you know, this movie could shit on a lot, but it's not that bad. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, wait, yes, it is. Yeah, it's not good at all. <laughs> I mean, like like I said, first and, f- first and foremost, it's got a terrible cast. It's got Dennis Miller, who I think nine out of ten people can't stand. It's got Angie Everhart and Erica Elianak, who uh, can't act. <laughs> And uh, Corey... I, was, I was a big fan of Erica Laniac back in the day, though. Yeah. While you're alone at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But and then uh, you know you got Corey Feldman, who's <laughs> is not a bad actor, I guess. He's just Corey Feldman. Yeah. Nobody really takes him seriously. Uh. And so I was just talking about this with someone. Oh, is uh. Brian, we're, I don't remember how, I don't remember how Corey Feldman came up, but we were talking about how, like, we wish that his career would kick off again. And I, like I said, I don't think it's because he's a bad actor. I think he, there's just something about him that people think is a joke, and that he can't overcome that. It's not that he can't find work because he's he's Corey Feldman. He can find work. Just people don't take him seriously as an actor. Yeah. And I talked about Six Degrees of Hell. And it's like, that was a bad movie. And it wasn't all his fault, but he didn't make it any better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so it's just, I mean, really the only person, the only two people in the cast that were, uh, they like a stomach were uh, Chris Sarandon and Phil Fondacaro. And Phil Fondacaro's barely in the movie. <laughs> and John Cassier. And Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Crypt Keeper is basically it. Oh, and William Sadler's in this one too, but he's not starring as Breaker. He's the mummy at the beginning. Oh, that was him? Yeah. <laughs> the movie starts out with, you know, it's got kind of like a, a, a bookend with the Crypt Keeper, you know, as Demon Knight does, as every episode of Tales in the Crypt does. The Crypt Keeper sitting in this like Hollywood lounge, but it's like a underworld, like, death like a like a 
what, what's the word I'm looking for? Not sure. It's like a like a bar for the dead. Uh, is there a word for that? I don't think there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to think of a good word for like I don't know. I mean, you said underworld. I think that's sure. Uh, it's it's a bunch of like monsters and dead things. Yeah, but it's like a Hollywood lounge, right? Where you know where the the elite lunch. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but he's sitting there with this mummy. He was played by William Sadler, and Sadler is just like this. He's playing like the character of this just like jaded, shitty Hollywood producer. Or like this burnt out, you know, like old timey Hollywood director who whose career is like taking a shit, but he feels like everyone owes him something. <laughs> He's just playing that character and it's pretty funny. But then they start playing like hit for hit with rock, paper, scissors, where they're chopping off body parts. <laughs> because Crypt Keeper. Sure. And then it gets to the end and uh Cryptkeeper is only missing his initial hand, but then he turns to Sadler and says, "Well, it looks like I won this one." And Sadler's like, "Nonsense! Let's go again!" And he's just a hit. And then the Cryptkeeper is like, "Ah, I always say you should quit while you're ahead." <laughs> man, you want to talk about puns? Just on fire! It's fucking Cryptkeeper, man. He doesn't miss a beat. No. Anything he can, t- any word that he can turn into like some creepy play on word. Yeah, some kind of macabre pun. Yeah, it's just awful. Like the big scream here. <laughs> I love scar nations. Terrible. Does not miss. So, Bordello of Blood, duty. It's, it's not good. I mean, it's it's a decent enough premise. It could have been good, sure. But it was good when they made Dawn of the <laughs> from Dust to Dawn. Yeah, and yeah. Like I said, it's you know it's so similar in so many ways. That, you know, there's, except in from Dust to Dawn, it's just a bar full of vampires. Yeah, this one it's a bordello, which seemingly should be better, right? <laughs> You'd think. I mean, there were a lot of boobs in this. Movie. Yeah, and boobs tend to make everything better. Which I mean, maybe it did. It's just yeah. Think about how bad it could have been without them. Unwatchable, but yeah, like casting Dennis Miller was just a horrible idea, <laughs> and then letting him go full Dennis Miller was even worse. Yes, yeah, somebody at some point said, "Hey, Dennis, you do you." Yeah, it was like, "All right, here's the script. Take out all of Dennis Miller's lines. We're just gonna let him improv." <laughs> so what? Why would you do that? I don't know because he's Dennis Miller. <laughs> what else is he gonna do? Act? <laughs> I love how like the like from the instant that uh uh jerry dandridge meets him he doesn't like him like he starts just giving him shit like immediately and you find out later it's because that you know he's kind of in in league with the whorehouse um but like right right off the bat it's just like he does not like gutman he even pronounces his name wrong <laughs> and it's just like well why is he shitting on him so much and she's like, "Well, it is Dennis Miller." Yeah, I mean, like he's he's obnoxious. He's, he's unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, not great, Bob. It's not. It's not a good movie. Yeah. Um, how cruel do I want to be? How do I hate thee? Let me count the ways. Um, I'm going three. 
All right. I'm thinking f- four. Hmm. I mean, there are a lot of boobs. <laughs> and the story is not terrible. And, I mean, like, the, the vampire effects are pretty cool. That's the thing. Like, there's so much potential here. Yeah. And then they just ruined it with horrible casting and just, like, cheesy lines. and Yeah. It's like the, the general premise is good, but, like, all the f- parts they used to fill in the blanks were just terrible. Yeah. <coughs> so. So four? Yeah. Yeah, like I, like I said, I, I I remembered liking it. Well, not liking it. I remembered thinking in my head. I remember I remembered remembering <laughs> that being like, oh, this movie really got shit on, but it wasn't that bad. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, yeah, it is. I was wrong. <laughs> so and I think is. I think that's what I I remembered. Like, oh yeah, it's just you know the premise of this bordello with vampires. That's cool. And I was like, oh wait, but it was executed so badly. <laughs> And what makes it so disappointing is that Zemeckis and Gale were behind this. It's like maybe their story was better. Maybe that was what was good. And then that's we... what I'm saying. I think they just cut out all of Dennis Miller's lines and just let him ad lib. <laughs> I think that's what happened. So anyway, so that's it, guys. That's that's a uh, one twenty four. Foya. Yeah. We we yeah. <laughs> Um, neat. So, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Do we have our movies picked out? Yes, we do. What are we watching? Uh, we're going to be watching Hellfest and Between Worlds. There it is, starring Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking excited. I find myself getting very excited for Nicolas Cage movies lately. <laughs> he's in that. He like he's in the twilight of his career where he's just in full fuck it mode yeah. and and it's nicholas cage full fuck it mode so it's yeah. like a step above normal people's fuck it mode <laughs> hashtag raging cage <laughs> uh, uh yeah I don't, I don't i don't know how much this movie is going to be horror it doesn't seem like it's very much it's like it's like kind of like action mystery thriller yeah but i don't know how much i care <laughs> um so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, look for that in a couple of weeks. Um, in the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? Best place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Uh, leave us a rating and review and we'll send you a free magnet. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. Check out the Grave Plot Film Fest at graveplotfilmfest.com and join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for exclusive content including video reviews like the upcoming one of Street Trash. Did we pick that? Oh, yeah, we did pick that already. Yep. Cool. Uh, All right. And, yeah, and, you know, now that things are starting to clear off of my schedule, now the holidays have passed, I'm going to finish up the uh, Workshop of Horrors episode. Uh, Like I said before, it was Christmas-themed, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Fuck it. I'll do it anyway. And then I've got another one in the pipe already. This one's probably not going to take as long and probably won't be as difficult to uh, complete. Um, so that should be fun too. So keep an eye on that. That's on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash graveplotpodcast. No, youtube.com slash the letter C. Right. Slash graveplotpodcast. And then you can also find it on our website. 
Yeah, that's the best. That's the easiest way. Yeah, just find all of our stuff on our website. Taylor's very good about putting all of our stuff on our website. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't get a big head about it. <laughs> Your head's already big enough. <laughs> all right, guys. So we're going to catch up with you in a couple weeks. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>